Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I am Todd Dan Druff with Ellis. Today, March 9th, 2017, 8.23 p.m., opening song, Duran Duran's A View to a Kill from a movie of the same name. It was a Bond movie from 1985. I enjoyed it. I saw it in the theater as a 13-year-old. So I'm broadcasting tonight from a secret location you might notice I'm a bit softer than usual. It's because when I don't bring my bulky radio equipment along to where I travel, then I have to use this portable headset, which it's not actually the headset. It's just the without a preamp, the sound is just not as loud. So turn it up as much as you can. I know we had a complaint from Handicap Me who said he walks in Manhattan and it's noisy in the background. Nothing I can do about that. I've done all I can to boost the sound here. Just be happy that usually we're broadcasting with a preamp where it's nice and loud. So I I will try to make sure that any co-hosts we have tonight are not louder than I am. But this is the best I could do. Other than that, there would be no radio. So we've got uh, the slightly soft radio in place of our normal volume. But that's, again, the best I can do. If you're listening live, you can... Join in the chat room and chat with other people. And this is going to be a short show tonight. I don't have the time tonight to do our usual six-hour show. So things are going to move along pretty quickly, including the intro. I can't take an hour doing the intro. In fact, we're actually starting early. Yes, if you're listening live, you're probably aware that we actually started the show almost ten minutes early. And that's just a shocker, because I never start early. I mean, if I start on time, it's a shock. If I start five minutes late, it's a shock. Usually it's like 15 minutes late, 20 minutes late. So we're actually starting early tonight, because I want to get in as much as I can. And I was done with everything I was doing before this a bit early. So I said, okay, let's start early. And for those that expected us to start at 8.30 Pacific time, right now it's 8.25 I said, hey, they're just going to miss the intro, so no big deal. But I am in a very secret location tonight. You'll never find me. Usually people try to find me in a hotel room and call the hotel and ring my room phone. You won't find me tonight, I guarantee you. In fact, I'm in a place that is so remote, that is so secret, that there is not even a phone here. 
I kid you not, there is no phone to call. Aside from my cell phone, if you have that number. But there is no phone where I am. So the fact that I can even do this show is amazing. Uh, Calwad, we're going to have him on tonight. And he also has a connection issue. Calwat had a tree come down and break through his house last night. Or actually yesterday afternoon. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not using any kind of euphemism here. An actual tree broke through his house last night. And he was in a hotel last night. He is still going to co-host tonight. Just one day after a tree broke through his house. And he has no internet connection apparently. But he's going to do it on his cell phone. We're going to call him shortly and get the details on the tree that broke through his house. We do have a free roll tonight. A $80 free roll tonight. And that was thanks to three individuals who donated to our cash free roll. That will start at 9 p.m. Usually we start at 8.40, but I'm going to give it till 9 because the show is starting too close to 8.40 tonight. I want to give people a chance to get there. It's a $80 free roll. A user named Seabach Cockshot donated 35 She's Faced donated 20 And Trader Ruski, always so generous with his time and money, donated 25 That adds up to $80. First place will be $40. Second place, 20 Third place, 12 Fourth place, 8 So we have 40 20 12 and 8 in our free roll tonight. It's in the No Fraud, no Fraud Online Poker Room. You can find that on the No Fraud Online Poker Tab near the top of the screen on PokerFraudAlert.com It does start at 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time And You will win free money If you're one of the top four finishers in that contest And when I say free money, it's real free money I'm not talking about lousy chips you'll get on some poker site that you may not want I will pay you with a bank transfer With Bitcoin Cash in an envelope A check in the mail or other methods that you can PM me about, Dan Space Druff on the Poker Fraud Alert forum, or email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. The only thing I ask is that you familiarize yourself with the rules for the free roll, because if you don't follow the rules, you will not win the free money. You can read the rules, which have not changed in quite some time, at pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll, pokerfraudalert.com slash Free roll, no spaces, no dashes, all lowercase, just pokerfraudalert.com slash free roll. You can read about the free roll rules. You must know them. Ignorance is no excuse. So thank you to the three of you who gave the money this week. Every week we have a free roll here, and just about every week the money comes from other people. It allows me to be cheap. It allows me to not have to open up the Jew wallet and give any money of my own. But I, you know, I, I spend my time doing this whole thing, preparing this whole thing, running the site, running the forum, and even operating at a loss. So I figure, hey, if the users want to support the free roll, I'll let them. In fact, I always tell people when they donate, I say, donate to the free roll first before you donate to the site's expenses. Sometimes people donate to the site's expenses, which is nice, but I say, look, donate to the free roll first, because I'd like to have money given back to the live listeners of this show. I know most of the listenership of this show is not live. Most of you listen in the archives, and that's great. But for those of you that can listen live, you get a little bonus of uh, playing this free roll. Now, if you do want to chat, as I mentioned, just 
click the chat tab near the top of the screen on PokerFraudAlert.com. It's only worth chatting if you're listening live. If you're not listening live, there will be no one there. You do need a Flash-enabled device to chat, and you also need a PokerFraudAlert forum account in good standing, meaning it has to be verified. So if you don't have that, you can't chat tonight, but sign up an account on PokerFraudAlert's forum so next week you can chat if you listen live. I posted on a Facebook group tonight about this show, if people haven't heard it before. So if you're a new person from that Facebook group, then welcome. And in fact, if you're from that Facebook group, I'm going to allow you to win the free roll money tonight, even if you don't meet the other requirements. It's an exception I'm making. You have to be from that group. You have to know which group it is. I'm not going to say which group. But if you're from that group and you win the free roll money, then uh, you can message me uh, on Facebook, which you can do by clicking on my name through that group, and I'll know you found me through there. Try to expand the listenership. You know, we have about 1,500 listeners total. Most of them are not live, but try to expand the listenership. And it's a group I participate in anyway, so I figured, hey, why not uh, make people aware of this show? I would never just spam this show elsewhere. But if it's a group I'm contributing content to, I figure, hey, why not let people know about it? Hopefully I'm not breaking any rules. Uh, I'm going to give the uh, phone numbers out, and then we will get to the agenda, and we're going to get going because we don't have that long. Tonight, at most, we're going to do about three and a half hours and probably less than that. The phone number, the main phone number to the show is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an old 70s rotary phone that sits on top of Mount Charleston, which is located about 45 minutes by car from Las Vegas. There is snow up there right now. It's an old 70s rotary phone. Forwards to me wherever I go. In fact, it's its own separate line into the show. That phone number is 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line. If you want to listen to the show and you don't have a smartphone, if you don't have the internet, if all you have is just a telephone, or maybe you're driving around somewhere and you have a very poor connection, you should use the call-to-listen line. The call-to-listen line is exactly as it sounds. It's a number you can use to listen to the show. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162 is the call to listen line. If we're not live, you can use it to listen to one of our streaming reruns. It picks random reruns and streams them as if they're live, and then after each one's over, it picks another rerun. We have over 220 shows we've done of Poker Fraud Alert Radio since we began five years ago. So it'll pick one of the 220-plus shows and stream it as if it's live. But right now we're live. If you're listening at uh, 8.30 p.m. on March 9th Pacific Time, you're hearing this live on the Call to Listen line. The Call to Listen line is actually located in a town called Carroll, Iowa. It's, it's located in a small shack in a town called Carroll, Iowa. And uh, I don't get down there very often to check on it, but it, it pretty much runs itself. If you want to catch the show in the archives if this is not a convenient time for you to listen you can do so in many ways it's available on itunes it's available on google play it's available on an app called stitcher it's available on another app called TuneIn. in fact TuneIn can also be used to listen to the show live and you can also download the mp3 directly from 
PokerFraudAlert.com server. Just go to the radio forum on PokerFraudAlert.com, and you can click on any of the shows and just click on the MP3, and iPhones can play it directly from there. A lot of ways to listen. If there's any way to listen that you would like to see that I'm not providing, please let me know. You may ask, how can you let me know? Well, one way is to text me. You can text me at any time, before, after, or during the show, at the main phone number of the show. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. Text that number, 775-372-8355. And I will respond to you. I respond to just about every text I get. And I'll never get mad that you're calling me up too late, or not calling me, you're, you're texting me too late. You can text me whenever you feel like. And I'll probably read your text on the air unless you ask me not to at the very beginning of the text. See, some texts we've gotten tonight from the 804 area code talk about OFC. This guy's obsessed with OFC. That's open face Chinese. Uh, 706 is texting me about uh, that Micon may return to the podcasting world. I saw that on his uh, Twitter. Interesting. Uh, We have someone in 412 who's offering to be a co-host tonight. He says he'll behave normally and respectfully. This is not a troll attempt. So we're going to give this guy a shot tonight. He's been on before. But uh, we're going to have Calwatt for sure. So let's uh, going to put on Calwatt. I promised Calwatt I would call him on his cell phone. I usually don't like doing cell phone radio. Cell phone radio, I, I, it, it doesn't sound as good as when I have the person on Skype. But Calwatt has no choice tonight because a tree went through his house. So it's either cell phone radio with Calwater. We don't have Calwater tonight. So I'm making an exception. I, I saw a picture of the tree. It's, it's actually kind of scary looking. And we're going to ask him all about the tree that busted through his house, sent him and his family running to a hotel. And yet here he is making himself available near midnight Eastern time to do this show. Calwatt. Calwatt, are you there? Hello? Well, he answered, but I don't hear him. Oh, there we are, I think. Calwatt? Nope. i try this one more time. First we heard nothing, then we heard... Which sounded like he took it off mute or something. And then we... Calwatt, you there? Hello? Um, I'm trying to reach uh, Andrew. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I dialed the wrong Hello? number. I'm, I'm really sorry. We're trying to reach the ra- the co-host of a radio show I do. I, I'm not sure who you are. I dialed the area code wrong, so I, I really apologize for this. Uh, you can go back to sleep. Did I wake you up? I probably woke you up. Good night. Hello? Okay. <laughs> I, I thought she wasn't going to. She was starting to talk, then I hung up on her, but whatever. Now I feel like a fool. I, I misdialed his area code by one. She sounded like I woke her up. I, I feel bad. I, I wasn't trying to prank all this girl. I mean, I would have talked to her if she kept talking, but she sounded really out of it. I think it's better if she just goes to sleep. Let's see if we can reach the actual Calwatt rather than a wrong number female version of him. Your call has been nope. forwarded to an automatic voice nope. message system. I'm not going to let his number play. 
I, I think we'd be better off with fake Calwat. I think we'd be better off with uh, the fe- maybe I should call the female Calwat. Maybe I should call her back. See if she wants to co-host. Well, what we'll do in the meantime is uh, we will call up Here, I have a text, by the way. It's from 716. Hey, hey, Stuff. I think he's trying to say hey, Druff. But hey, Stuff. Can you ask Calwatt if he was at Turning Stone last weekend? Well, then we get him on the phone, maybe. 765 asking me, why not upload your podcast to YouTube? It's a good question. The answer is laziness. The reason I don't upload to YouTube is it's a pain in the ass. Um, the, the way I've been publishing the show through all those other means is through automatic means, where I don't have to do anything, where the show's over and it automatically publishes itself. That's that's what I like. I To have to go to YouTube and upload it is a pain in the ass. I, I could do it, but it also feels weird because this is an audio show and YouTube is a video platform. So I just feel weird about uploading it with like a black screen so you can listen to me. It just doesn't seem like YouTube is the right place for this show. But maybe it is. Maybe uh, maybe I'll get some views there. I don't know. I'll consider it. It's just a pain in the ass. But I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rule it out. I won't rule it out. Okay, I'm gonna give you the agenda, then we'll try to get uh Cal White and this other co host on here. We talk about the tree that crashed through Calwatt's house. We'll also talk about something that once involved trees, and that is racism. Raymond Davis, a black poker player, a very outspoken black poker player, he's been on this show before. He publicly accused Robert Mizraki, one of the Mizraki brothers, probably the second most famous Mizraki brother behind Michael, of being a racist. Here, let's throw a kill. Uh, let's throw a trader risky on. Hello. What's happening, Jeff? All right, uh, I'm I'm here in a secret location. Happy to have you on here. Thank you for the twenty five dollars, trader risky, for the free roll. Okay. Which no is problem. Which is beginning in twenty minutes, not the usual eight forty time. So, Good. everybody has time to get there. And anyway, so yeah, uh, I was given the agenda here. Raymond Davis was, uh, he's publicly accusing Robert Mizraki of being a racist, and we'll talk about that, and we'll explore, is Robert Mizraki really a racist? Fernando Rosas, he's back in the news. He and Jacqueline Moscow released a video defending the allegations against them that they're cheaters. He tried to prove through this video that he is not a cheater in open-faced Chinese. We will play parts of the video, and I will give you my take on whether that video really changes anything. Tom Dwan, who is accused of owing a lot of money to people. There might be another one that he owes a lot of money to. It appears, it's not certain, but it appears that Tom Dwan owes a lot of money to Haralabob Volgaris. How much? Well, we think it's more than one million dollars. Yeah, so I will present the evidence to you. It's pretty damning. I think that uh, Tom Dwan really does owe seven figures to Haralabos. I heard the drop, by the way, draft. We're, we're, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I should mention that. You know these these uh, sound problems we were having where the clips were not getting to the co-hosts. We may have that fixed thanks to Belly Buster. Belly Buster's such a great guy. I met him briefly at the World Series, but uh, Belly Buster, who's in England, by the way, he runs our No Fraud Online Poker Room and donates to the free roll sometimes. But he also is very dedicated to helping poker fraud alert. And when he heard my Frustration with how Skype Has been refusing to allow our co-host Just intermittently To hear the sound effects And I couldn't figure out why sometimes it did Sometimes it didn't He researched it and found an article Somewhere That that, uh, explained this And said that it's a bug in Skype And and gave a weird fix On how how to take care of it So uh, I implemented that, and I'm, I this is the test tonight to see if it actually works. So far, so good. So far, we're one for one. Uh, now, sadly, Trader Risk, I see Calwatch has tried to call in, and uh, we're having this other stupid Skype problem of not being able to connect the calls together, which is another weird intermittent problem that Skype does. So I, I may have to reset the call in a second. But uh, um, In fact, I'll do that. So, uh, Trader Risk, I'll, I'll call you back shortly. Cool. Okay. So, okay. Uh, anyway, let's try to put on, uh, just try to put Calwatch on. He told me he wouldn't have Skype tonight. Now, if he does have Skype tonight, that'll be great. Because I, I wasn't looking forward to cell phone radio. I really wasn't. But uh, I understood. You know, if a tree goes through your house, I understand. Let's try to connect Cal one here. But you know what? He, he, yeah, here we go. Let's take this here. Cal what? Hello. How you doing, Drew? Okay, so you're calling in. So hopefully, hopefully with you calling in, I can add other people. Let me check this here. Uh, we'll get to you in a second with your uh, your story about the uh, the tree going through your house. But uh, now, always th- a fun day. Yeah, I think. By the way, we fixed the issue with a sound at least. I think I'm optimistic that we fixed that, thanks to Belly Buster. I think I have Skype on my phone too. The main thing is I just can't really use my computer. Yeah, well, we can try the Skype on your phone. You want to do that? Whatever you want. Huh? Let's, Whatever try, you want. let's try the Skype in your phone first, and if it if it doesn't work, we'll do the the cell phone. Do you want me to call back on that, or yeah, call back on that. Okay. All right. Okay. He sounds kind of down. Maybe he's just tired. Okay, I'll, I'll just continue with the agenda while we're waiting for all this to uh, get straightened out. A World Series of Poker stake scammer, that is someone who takes stakes for the World Series of Poker and then runs off with the money. His name was Eric Conti. He scammed people back in 2011. You may wonder, why am I talking about that now, six years later? Because Eric Conti is in much more trouble now than just uh, stealing stakes from people. Eric Conti has been convicted, not just accused, not just arrested, but convicted of child molestation. Yeah, so... Talk about that disgusting story Doug Polk He got a cease and desist From the game show network Involving the videos that he was Commenting on that contained Clips from high stakes poker so we'll talk about The cease and desist he got And Whether the game show network Is really in the right for what they're doing You know, Legally they are but uh, Or even legally we'll talk about whether they are or not Because that's not even totally clear But also morally are they in the right and what would I suggest you should do? Poker Stars is starting a very odd cash game 
for winning players only. You heard me right, where they're expecting winning players to voluntarily sit with one another at tables where you cannot sit if you're not a winning player on the site. Not just a winning player, but a, a fairly big winner. So we'll, we'll talk about that weird idea they have. And speaking of poker stars, David Bezoff is no longer an owner of Amaya in any way. He sold off $99 million of Amaya stock after he got frustrated with his hostile takeover attempts being thwarted. So that's the agenda for this evening. Again, it won't be a long show. We've got to move on quickly. Can't have any two-hour phone calls with uh, Lyman this time. Not that we would have anyway. By the way, some people gave me comments about the Lyman call, interview, whatever you want to call it. We had this uh, last week for almost two hours. And I knew this would be a very polarizing segment. I knew that some would love it. I knew that some would like it. Some would hate it. And we got all three of them. We got some people saying this is great. I wish we could hear this every week. I wish you guys could be co-hosts together, which would never happen. Uh, we, we have some others who said, yeah, I enjoyed the segment. We had some others saying I enjoyed most of the segment, but the end kind of sucked. And then I had some saying it was so awful that they turned it off or that they fast-forwarded through it. So there were some that said they're not going to listen to the show again if we have him as a regular on the show. So there's some that absolutely hated that segment. And they, when I said they hated the segment, they, they weren't – no one bashed me. I, I'll give everyone credit who commented. Nobody went after me. They were just saying the ones that were negative on it hated Lyman. And I understand that. He's a very easy guy to hate. So, um, <laughs> so but, but anyway, he's not going to be on tonight. He's not going to be a regular on this show. I, I can't promise we're never going to have him on again. We, we might have him on again. But it's not going to be a regular occurrence. It probably won't be another two-hour segment in the future. This was a, a special. But uh, for those that hated the the Lyman call, it's going to be just an occasional thing here at most. So uh, rest assured, it's not the new paradigm here in Poker Fraud Alert Radio. So, uh, Calwatt, let's see here. You, you, uh, you sound okay? T- talk a little bit. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm on speaker right now. Is that any good, or should I switch back? I mean, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not as good as usual, but it's a different. I, I can. This hear is you. not on speaker. Yeah, that's that's actually really good. All right, then we'll just stick with that. Great. Okay, so I'm going to add on Trader Ruski. Then we have one other guy who, who's really wanted to co-host tonight. So I'm, I'm going to put him on. He's a very regular listener. He's been on once before. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Trader Ruski, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Cal Watts. Sorry about hearing that, brother. Hopefully What's up, Trader Ruski? How you doing? No, man, it's no big deal. Question. I just got... It's not a big deal. My wife got the outdoor patio she's been wanting, so we're good to go. <laughs> so, so let's hear about that. Let's hear all about the uh, situation you had yesterday. So it was about like 2 p.m. You heard a crash in the house? Yeah, uh, I was actually sitting here working, and uh, uh, we had some high. Uh-oh. Which is, you know, it's somewhat concerning because I live uh, on a property with a whole lot of trees and a whole lot of uh, really uh, tall trees around the house. They're black locust trees, which is normally fantastic because it shades the house, and, uh, you know, it's really cool. Um, but it was blowing pretty hard. I went out, and uh, there was a pretty big tree that came down and but it was stopped by another tree right over our kids like playground set um 
<laughs> so, you know, whatever. I went out and filmed it, looked at some stuff that fell down. I was like, all right, whatever. Went back inside, was doing some work, and then I heard smash. And, you know, it's just, it was like a bomb exploded in the house. So when you heard that, did you know it was a tree going through the house, or did you, did you know instantly that's what it was? Well, well, I mean, yeah, because of all the wind and stuff that was going on, I figured it was something. But, I, I mean, I think all I really thought at that point in time was, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, you heard it, but you didn't see it. So so at first, did you think maybe the whole the house like, got destroyed by it? Did you think that maybe it was worse than it actually was? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I, I had no idea. I thought some of these trees are pretty pretty big. I mean, they really could take out a whole section of the house if they hit it. And was, was and, your, was uh, your and actually home? black locusts, they used to they used to use them for uh, the masts of ships because they're so tall and straight and hardwood, you know, oh, wow. whatever. Was, was your family home at the time? Um, sorry, what were you saying? What Was your family home at the time? Uh, my wife was home, but the kids were at school. Mm-hmm. My wife was home, but my kids were at school. So, so you were you worried that maybe something happened to your wife when that happened? Um, not really. She was in the kitchen, which oh, okay. really wasn't where it was coming from. Okay, that, that so, would be like the worst thing to me. I don't if I, if I, really concerned that. Yeah, that would be the worst thing to me if if I was in that situation. That uh, if I heard something like that, the first thing I would think is like, if there's anybody else in the house, you know, could it, something have hit them? That's, uh, but uh, fortunately, you didn't have to worry about that. So then you you went to a hotel last night, right? Yeah, we ended up. So what ended up happening is uh, it's actually pretty bad. So we've got a couple of uh, skylights, um, and what happened is, in in some ways, we actually got really lucky. But it, like the top half of a tree came off, and it kind of speared down through the skylight, smashed through that, and then smashed right out uh, through uh, a glass door that we've got. So it's kind of like, uh, uh, do you remember? I think it was a movie, the old movie called The Omen or whatever, where there was. I was like just a, thinking a, of The Omen, right? Yeah, where a spike like came straight down through. It was kind of like that. Uh, it was pretty crazy because it didn't. It doesn't appear like it affected anything structurally at all. Um, it just kind of smashed through that window. But it was a mess, man. This, this is like really thick safety glass, and it's a big skylight, so just shit just exploded everywhere. And uh, again, we kind of live in a rural-ish area, so lots of animals around here and all that kind of stuff that could now get into the house if they wanted to. But my wife was worried about, uh, she didn't think it was safe to stay there because, you know, all this shit, all this stuff came down and then the wind was still blowing really hard. We actually had gusts of, uh, I think it was up to 81 miles per hour, oh, which wow. is insane. That is. It's, I mean, there was, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was like blue skies and gusts of up to 81 miles an hour, right? And uh, so she's like, yeah, we should get out of here. I'm like, all right, you know, pack, uh, pack, a, pack a bag, you know, for us and the kids. And she was up there doing that. And then we've got two dogs. And she said, well, I'm not leaving the dogs. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> now i got <laughs> to find a, a hotel that will take dogs too, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, we, I ended up finding one and then we packed, uh, packed up all our stuff, you know, probably like 10, 15 minutes, got into the car. And as we're driving off, you ever see those, uh, you know, action movies where the heroes drive away from a building and as they do, it collapses. Yeah. And, I you know what I mean? It's like a or, classic or like, scene. How about like I a poltergeist looking... where, where the, where the house just got sucked, uh, sucked down into the, uh, into the, uh, yeah. air or whatever happened to it. 
So I was looking in my rear view min- window, and it looked exactly like that because as I was driving down, our, our driveway is like 800 yards. It's pretty long. As I was driving down, I was looking back in the rear view mirror, and like five or six trees came down. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like as I was driving off, I'm like, oh, man. But By the way, our connection here is not that great. Maybe we should go back to the cell phone thing. It's, it, it, you kind of sound like it, it's choppy. You know, it's, it's not a great connection. I'm hearing that, too. I'm yeah. hearing it be choppy too. Okay, so let's let's, I'll right, let's call so you, you on your phone. I'll call you on your phone. You call me. All right. Yeah. Bye. Never easy here. All right. I see someone trying to call in, but uh, can't take it. We're not going to take any calls till we get all this stable here. Trying to structure this all. I'm in a secret location. Cal Watt. I haven't gotten to why he has no internet. I think I I understand a tree went through his home, but. I don't understand how that could kill his internet, but maybe it's just the bad storms in the area. I mean, the bad wind in the area did something like that. We'll have to ask him about that. He told me he has no internet. That's why we're struggling with a bad connection. So I'm just going to call him on his cell phone. We are going to do cell phone radio. I was, I was actually optimistic for a second. PFA radio. Yeah, this, this is better. This is better. As much as I don't like cell phone radio, this is much better. Okay. So why why don't you have internet? What? How did the winds kill your internet? All right. So, you know, whatever, the stuff collapsed or whatever. But it was not just us. I think like uh, 140 to 180,000 people in our area had power out because there, there were trees down everywhere uh, just laying on power lines. And I think the... Uh, the local uh, first responders and everything, I think they, uh, they're they just overwhelmed with how many trees are down all over the place. Uh, lots of places still don't have power. My kid's school was canceled today, and it's canceled again tomorrow. Um, and in a, a very, 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 very few people have gotten power back. So you're sitting uh, and in it's the, all from trees. You're, you're trees the, have gone right. over the power lines and just... Just taking the power out, and they take the uh, the cable out too. That's why I've got no internet. So, so you've got you're sitting and in the you're in the dark right now. You're just no power in the place. No, no, no. I've got I've got one of those uh, whole home generators. Oh, okay, okay. So you know we're we're doing fine. I uh, I get the power on. You know the place is hot. We got no problem with that. The only thing that we don't have is internet. <laughs> and I've got a hot spot, um, but I've been using that for work and. And God knows when it's going to exceed its uh, capacity. Yeah. Well, okay. It sounds like you're holding it together here. This uh, very yeah. Tough we got a, we got a crew in here and uh, cleaned up all the glass, took the tree out, and got it boarded up and got it you know duct tape over so that there's no uh, other glass in. And then they've got. I mean, this is like a, a crew that you would call in when you're trying to get rid of a body. <laughs> uh, my wife and I have been watching uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, which is kind of a fun show. But uh, this crew comes in, they got all these uh, uh, vacuum cleaners on backpacks, and they're going through everything. They're, like, picking up every book and dusting everything. I mean, literally, like, if I ever killed somebody, I would call these guys to get them in here to, to take care of it. Um, but we got it all cleaned up, and now we're just waiting on uh, the adjuster so we can actually um, get it fixed. Um, and then we're going to have to do... Uh, Something to get rid of all the trees in the backyard. I mean, it's a mess, man. It's yeah. like a 
Yeah, it's, it's it sounds like, like it, that it, it sounds like it, but I'm going to give you credit for after going through all this that you still managed to come on to co-host Poker Fraud Alert Radio. So I appreciate that that you even this. Could I, I got to do away. something to chill out. Yeah, yeah, even this could not. It was going to keep you away yesterday. You said, but uh, but today you said you could actually do it. So here you are, and that's that's yeah, great. And, uh, no way, no way in the world I could have done it yesterday. And yeah. Uh, I mean, the reason I'm doing it today and the reason I do the show at all is because I enjoy it. It's fun. It's relaxing for me. Yeah. And I've had, you know, shitty last couple of days, so might as well do something fun, right? Right. Okay. Well, so let me uh, – let's see. Anything else here? Let me put on the last, this other co-host here. Let's see if he'll answer his phone. This is a, a very dedicated listener, and I, I'm going to warn you here. This is someone who's actually been banned from the forum for uh, – Marty? Beha- no, not Marty, but the, this guy, I don't even think this guy drinks, or if he does, I've, he's never drank before and he's called into the show. So I don't think we're going to have a drunken problem, which is good, because we we had enough issues with drunks last week. So uh, uh, this week I wanted it to be sober radio, but uh, we'll, we'll see if this guy will answer his phone. And he, he was on here once before and, and contributed some good things, so I'm optimistic here. Once he answers, I'll explain who he is. Unless he doesn't answer. See, I'm giving him a chance. He doesn't answer. He kept saying over and over he wants to co-host. And then he doesn't answer. All right, screw it. I mean, I he can do it again in the future, but I, I'm just surprised he kept saying over and over that he wants to uh, co-host. And he's not here tonight. Weird. Okay, so let's get going. Only have limited time tonight to do the show. I think this one you'll make it through because uh, I have to end the show probably in about two and a half hours. So Raymond Davis, he's he's back in the news. Uh, if you remember in January, we had him on to talk about his accusations against uh, Brandy uh, Blakely, who, uh, or Blackley, however you say her name, and all, all the... Uh, Crazy travel story she had. She, you know, she used to work for his Real Grinders site. He, he runs uh, RealGrinders.com and the Real Grinders Facebook group on, uh, and and she was working for that for a while. And a lot of controversy and drama came from that. Uh, that is, has really died down. The Brandy stuff, though. People still message me about Brandy. It's funny. <laughs> people. Still what, what is all this? Shit? So many things like happen and then they like no one pays attention to it anymore yeah it, you, you know, know like it, the Jacqueline Moscow thing was this big deal and now no one is like it never even happened no they all just they all just kind of fall off it's it's kind of like real life though with the, with the news like you see some story on the news right and then you you want to follow up to it and after the first week or so you get no follow-up and it, it can be some heinous crime or some big story and often you'll you you have to really search to find out what happened so that's that's kind of what happens in poker too. People, I want some resolution, Ralph. I, I feel like I need closure. Well, I gave like like six updates last week. I tried last week to give some resol- uh, some resolution, but people, all people paid attention to was that Lyman was on here being drunk. So anyway, uh, Raymond Davis, he always seems to be involved in some drama. I'll say that about him. Uh, he's just a magnet to drama and controversy. So the this late, is the guy that takes in all the orphan kids, right? Yeah, yeah. This so 
he his latest situation is something that he actually brought out himself. Uh, he was friends, at least all the way through February, he was friends with Robert Mizrahi, who is uh, one of the Mizrahi brothers. There's actually uh, four of them. I think one year... Oh, three of four women's vagina. <laughs> I think three of them made the, the money in the World Series in the same in the, the main event in the same year. There's a, the most famous Mizrahi is, of course, Mike Mizrahi, the grinder. Then there's Robert Mizrahi. Then there's Eric Mizrahi, who also plays poker, but he's not. Uh, he doesn't have, have much success. Robert and, and Michael have a lot of success. Then there's a fourth one. I forget his name. I don't really know who the fourth one, but I, I, I believe he's played the main event too. Anyway, this is about Robert, though Michael got involved, in, as did Eric, in this whole controversy. Raymond Davis was a friend of his. And then out of nowhere, Raymond Davis posted on his Facebook that he has to bring it out as much as it pains him to do so that Robert Mizrahi is a racist. Now, Raymond Davis is black and Robert Mizrahi is white with an Israeli background. And they were friends all the way through February. So it's not like these are mortal enemies, which makes this whole thing even stranger. Uh, Raymond Davis said he would come on this show to discuss this. But I, to be honest, I'm not even sure if, if I want to do that. It was funny. Raymond Davis tweeted like, yeah, I'd love to come on, but I'm not sure if Todd would tell us will have me. It's not so much that I won't have him. I mean, I'll be glad to have him on this show. I just, because this is a charge of racism, like I don't mind discussing it, but... Uh, I looked into the whole thing, and it's kind of unclear. And, and I'll give my whole perspective of this shortly. But I hate to bring Raymond. Well, and Ruff, let's let's face it: if there's no motor voting involved, it's just not that interesting. Anyway, is that you know? too? So, so, but I kind of don't want to just bring Raymond on here to say all these things about Robert being a horrible racist and not have Robert here to defend it. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna give both sides here, and then you guys can draw your own conclusions. Now, if you want to see all the drama. You need to add these guys on Facebook, especially Raymond, because Raymond's Facebook is not uh, totally open. So uh, if you go to Raymond Davis, you know, you can, I'm sure you can find him on Facebook. Robert Mizrahi, even easier to find because he has an uncommon name. Uh, if you, if you want to just find them directly on Facebook, Raymond's Facebook is facebook.com slash Davis. And Robert's Facebook page is uh, Robert period Mizrahi. That's M-I-Z-R-A-C-H-I period nine. Which Do you really think there's eight other Robert's Mizrahis? Is that possible? There must be. I have no idea. Anyway, that's that's their it's Facebook page. It's your people, Druff. You tell us. It's I don't know. Common name or what? <laughs> I, I hadn't heard it before, but it could be. I mean, nine isn't that many, but it's that, that's his uh, URL for Facebook. But you can probably find them pretty easily. If you add, they, they, I think they both accept just like pretty much anyone who adds them. At least I know Raymond Davis does. So I'm not like that. I only have a few hundred Facebook friends. I'm very particular with who I add. So I do have some radio listeners adding me sometimes. And if I don't accept you, it's not an insult. Well, it kind of is, but still. <laughs> if I'm not accepting you, it's just because I don't know you well enough. Because And the reason for this is that I interact with a lot of people I know in real life on Facebook, and I, I don't want to just let everybody in on, like, 
all my non-poker interactions. So if it's someone I know somewhat, then okay, fine. I think it's someone I don't know, like personally, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, why am I going to add you? Yeah, like I've got a funny situation. You know, I could do this show, and I give out that text number to text me anytime, and I interact with listeners. You know, I love interacting with the listeners. I love the fact that people listen to the show, and I feel strange when there's a very loyal listener who's listened to me for years and then tries to add me on Facebook, and, and then I reject him because like, I feel like it's, it's almost like slapping him in the face. But at the same time, like I, I don't know who it is. Like I don't know how much I can trust them. I don't know. Like There's a lot of stuff I don't know. So, Well, also, I mean, Facebook being what it is, and you know, maybe you use it for – something different than what I use it for, but I, I use it mostly for keeping in touch with friends and relatives and stuff like that. And if someone is not uh, a person who's part of your daily life, it just feels weird yeah, to have well, them in there. You right. know what and, I mean? And, and one other thing, like, like, yeah, I don't even post that much on Facebook. I, I will post right. comments on other people's Facebooks, but I, I don't post that many status messages of my own. I really don't. It's like probably once every month on average that I post a status on Facebook. So I, I really right. am not that interesting to follow anyway. Anyway, uh, let's, let me get back to the Raymond Davis thing. So this started on March 4th. Uh, and and it, it's kind of confusing. I'm still confused by it. But on March 4th, Raymond Davis posted this at 11.54 a.m. For years, I have listened to Robert Mizrahi constant attack on the black race and said nothing. That ends today. And I would like to apologize to my race for remaining silent so long. Hashtag no more. He has insulted blacks for years using terms like hang, they only like chicken, they only belong to gangs, they all need to be in jail, just constant. So... Right there, of course, uh, you think, "Wow, could this be true? You know, is it true possible that Mike was, uh, that uh, Robert Mizrahi is just some you know, awful racist who, who hates black people and always makes uh, you know, derogatory comments?" But of course, you wonder how how does Raymond Davis know this if if Robert Mizrahi doesn't make these comments in public? Well, it came out later that the two of them were friends. And then you have to wonder, well, how could he have stayed friends for so long with someone that hates black people, supposedly? So it, it all starts to come out as you. Read further. Then a very interesting... Well, Ray, Raymond Davis can say, you know, some of my best friends are white. Yeah. <laughs> so then a very interesting person got involved in this. A person named Adili Lastra. Or Adili Lastra. Uh, I didn't recognize the last name Lastra, but I definitely recognized the unusual first name Adili. That's A-I-D-I-L-Y. I think that's how you pronounce it. And that's because that was the name of Michael Mizraki's wife, now ex-wife. And I thought, mm. that's an inter- interesting person to get involved. Now, she had posted on Facebook, and I'm, I'm mentioning this because she posted it publicly. I was able to see it publicly. I'm not a friend of hers on Facebook, so I, I don't like mentioning people's private Facebook messages, but the, she had posted this publicly uh, about two years ago that pretty much Mike just got up and left. Uh, and I guess it didn't happen two years ago, but she was she was commiserating with other females who were complaining about men that had let, just left them in the lurch and she was saying that Michael just you know got up and left his family and that she and yeah, she, for better for, for worse stuff this makes me immediately suspicious of whatever she's going to say because you know you know she's never going to have anything positive to say I wouldn't think well, no, well wait hold on she, you're wrong she's really actually, she's actually going to be defending wow. them yes so and, and I'll, I'll give uh, Ada Lee credit here and, and uh, she, when w- back when 
Mike Mizraki left her, whatever really happened. I, I don't want to say that necessarily that he left her. That's what she says, but who knows? But when that was over, she went right out and got a job as a poker dealer. And this is a, a big downgrade, of course, to be living this high-flying lifestyle of the, the wife of the, of the grinder to working as a poker dealer in Florida. But she did. She immediately went out and got a job as a poker dealer. And, and up until that message, I hadn't ever seen her trashing him. And, the, you know, there really was no drama. And she just, uh, just went to work to support her family. So I'll give her credit there. That she, because I think they had, like, two kids together. Maybe uh, she was trying to find another poker player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, she had such a good experience the first time. She figured she'd try it again. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard pretty good things about her. I've, like, I've, I've heard that she's that she's pretty responsible. That yeah. She's, yeah, she's, yeah, like, I, I, I've heard she's not, like, just a, like a gold digger type. At first I thought she might be. Like, when I saw I saw them together and, you know, many years ago, like like more than ten years ago. And... You know, and, and she was this pretty young girl with the big breasts and everything. And it just like I, I was wondering, is this just some pretty girl? And she had like uh like the I think she's she may be Cuban or something. She was from South Florida, that's where you know, that's where he's from too. Anyway, I, I thought this is just like the like the pretty young uh Cuban Florida girl who like who latched on to the uh, rich poker player. But to, as I heard more things about her, I don't know her well. As I heard more things about her, I actually don't have that opinion anymore. I think she's uh, seems to be a decent person. But anyway, this is what she wrote. You would like to apologize to your race? Raymond Davis, did you know Robert? Apparently not. He has two children that are half black. FYI, they aren't adopted. His sarcasm can be cruel at times, but he's not racist. So that throws a wrench into this. So he's, you know, Robert is supposedly a racist, but he has two natural children that are half black, meaning that he had children with a black woman. It couldn't be that racist then. So then Raymond Davis says back, Adelie, I knew you would come to his defense. Another reason I kept it to myself for so long. You don't know the pain and hurt he has put me through with his constant attacks on the black race. It is wrong. I've asked him several times to stop, and him having, and, and him having mixed kids doesn't exempt him from being a racist. He's a racist, and I've never called anyone that in my life. Now, I have hey, a, have I actually got a, Oh, sorry. You're in no, the no, no, go, no, ahead. no, go ahead. What, what do you want to say? I got a question for you. I've actually kind of wondered about that. Like, uh, you know, the sex drive of a man versus his uh, bigotry. In other words, which would win out? Let's say there was a there's a, a guy who's you know uh, a bigot when it came to uh, I don't know Hispanic people, whatever. Um, but then a really hot Hispanic chick came along. Do you, do you think you'd have sex with her? Yeah, you'd probably have sex with her. The question is, but you know, to actually have kids with a woman, two kids with a woman, so you can't even say it's an accident. Right. But, uh, that's right. I, I have to think that because I think so too. I think I think the uh, the the little the smaller head overrules the the bigotry. <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean, just look at all the look at all the the white dudes that were banging slaves. You yeah. know. So, so yeah, there, there was that, and so then there's. Uh, and I, I believe, like for sex, yes, I believe that to be true. But uh, actually, like marrying someone or, or having children, multiple children with someone, it's it's hard to believe that you could hate that race if your your kids are going to be half that race. I, I would tend to agree. Yeah. So anyway, so then, uh, so he claims he's never called anyone that in his life a racist, which is hard to believe that this is the first person he's ever called racist. But then uh, Adelie says back, "This is his ex-wife." She's from South Africa, and she posted a picture of Robert Mizraki's ex-wife. You know, he's not with her anymore, but it's, you know, it's a picture of a 
Um, fairly attractive uh, black woman, light skin, holding a baby. I assume that's uh, Robert's baby. Why would he marry a black woman if he's racist, she asked, and have two children with her? By the way, my niece and nephew are gorgeous. I think you got Rob all confused in all honesty. So she's she's defending her ex-husband's brother. Now you can say that... That's wrong. What? When, when a dude up and leaves a, a woman... And she's then defending him later on. That's strong. Well, no, no, she's defending. She's, she's defending the brother. This is Robert. She was. She wasn't married to Robert. She was married to Michael. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, I yeah, gotcha, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, but it's it's still yeah, it's still good that she's the defending still, someone's yeah, family. Still, yeah, yeah. She could she could have hated all the Mizrahis after this, but she doesn't. So right, she's right. she's backing Robert here. So so then Raymond Davis says, Adelie, it's still a re- it's a reason she divorced him." You don't know. You're not black and around him enough to see the racist shit he spews. I've never called out anyone for being a racist. Why all of a sudden would I pick Rob? So then Adelie says, she divorced him. Now I know for a fact that you don't know Robert. I'm done, LOL. I have no idea why you've picked Robert, to be honest. I'm just there for my family when they're being attacked on social media. On some BS racist nonsense, you're a grown-ass man. Get it right. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing. If he's been disrespecting you, in your opinion, for this long and you haven't stopped it, that's on you and it should have never came to this. Uh, and by the way, I'm not, I, I didn't save this part. I'm, I'm reading from stuff I saved. But uh, she later admitted that, unrelated to all this, but that she and Michael Mizrahi were separated for five years since 2012 and just got officially divorced on February 2nd, 2017. Wow. I mean, I, I I knew that ended years ago, so I'm I'm shocked the divorce finally just went through now. They, I don't know why they took so long, but yeah, just uh, February second, two thousand seventeen. I know in some states that they have really archaic laws where you have to be like you can't immediately get divorced; you have to be separated for X amount of time. And I I, there, I, I know some people have gone through it, and they. There was like a waiting period. Yeah, well, I I, I, I do too, right? I, I, I just should... wait around. Like, are you really sure? Yeah, I <laughs> like so, some states are like eighteen months and twelve months. I, I actually dated a woman a number of years ago who was separated and clearly never going back to her husband, and she she never did. Uh, but uh, I was actually dating her while she was still technically married to this guy, but only right. because they could not legally get divorced because there hadn't right. been enough time passed. And how crazy is that? You know? Yeah. But I'll tell you, no, no state has got a five-year waiting period, so something else was going on there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she, it was one of those things where one is chasing the other around with the papers trying to get him to sign it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wondered about that, too. <laughs> so anyway, she, she, she mentioned that when there was just a lot of I, – I forgot what even brought it up, but she threw that in there. I thought you guys would be interested to hear that. So Raymond Davis said, the reason I didn't – and this is still all on March 4th. This is now in the evening of March 4th. He's responding. Uh the reason I didn't out Robert Mizrahi years ago is out of respect to his family and friends. His brother, his mother, the most loving people you've ever meet, but I just couldn't sit back and take the constant attacks on the black race anymore. I've held back way too long. He's caused me so much pain that I've went home and cried, wondering why does he hate black people so much. I even cried today while talking with Michael Matisau. Thank you, Mike, for being a friend, and thank you, Terry King and Jackie Wesley. These are also people involved in uh, Real Grinders. Uh, for being there for me. It hurts me when someone judges you by your race. I've never, ever called anyone a racist before today. I never wanted to be that person. I have kids of all color come to my house. I don't treat any of them differently because of their race. I always try to put a smile on the world's face. I'm hurting now really bad, 
But I want you to know I care about the world and every race. Spread love. So <laughs> hashtag spread love. So this is he's getting very emotional here, whether it's uh, genuine emotion or, or somewhat feigned. He's getting very emotional. And uh, I'll tell you, I don't know the Mizrakis from anybody. I really don't. But most of the people that I've met that are racist in one way or another, and I don't just mean you know white people being racist because I've run into plenty of people of all colors that are racist, but usually it's something that is it's in their family. You know what I mean? Like they learned it from their dad or from their mom or, and it's not usually like just one person in a family just happens to decide to be racist. A lot of times it's learned behavior, you know? Yeah, that's, good, that's happen, a good point. It just seems a little uncommon. That is a good point that he's praising the rest of the family so much and saying it's just Robert. He, but he's also friends with Robert, which is, uh, right. But you know what I mean? Like you, normally when I see it, it's usually like the whole family is that way. And the kids became racist because their parents were, and they learned it, and they thought it was normal. Yeah. And that's just what they did. It's not usually like you've got six kids, and all of them are fine, except one who just, you know, is completely racist. It's just kind of weird. But I guess it could happen. Yeah. You know, even in fiction, this is true, because uh, in the show All in the Family, the one where I play the end song every show, uh, the, the backstory to Archie Bunker was that he was supposed to have grown up with a very racist father, and that was the reason he, that he had some racist attitudes. But yeah. he didn't—he didn't really hate uh, people of other races. He just uh, learned some things from his father that that kind of rubbed off on him over time. And that was—that was well, of course. I mean, you know, when you're born into this world, kids don't are, are not born racist, right? It's a learned behavior. Yeah. And where are you going to learn a lot of your behaviors from when you're younger? Well, from your family. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I when, when Raymond Davis was making that statement about uh, spreading the love and everybody, uh, you know, putting the smile on the world's face, I just I felt like it should have been accompanied with this music. I have kids of all color come to my house. I don't treat any of them differently because of their race. I've always tried to put a smile on the world's face. I'm really hurting now, really bad. I just want you to all know I care about the world and every race. Spread love. You were able to hear that, right? I thought it, I thought it was going to be Kumbaya. No, no. That would have been good, too. Okay, so... Well, I, don't, I, I don't know Raymond Davis either, but if he's for real, you know, from the point of view of uh, all the kids he takes care of and his attitudes and all that, I mean, good for him. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't I, know whether it's true or not. But. I, I, he's a mystery. I've heard so many different things about him. But, you know, some good, some bad. It's, it, I've heard so many, and I, I don't even know what to, to believe. I, I don't know what to believe. There's, there's, there's a number of people that don't like him. There's a number of enemies he has. There's a, lot, a number of people who love him. I don't know what to say. Like it's, he's a kind of a mystery as far as what the true story is with him. Anyway, Eric Mizraki gets involved. That's uh, he, he used to be known as Iwi. He is uh, the third Mizraki brother, and he jumped in. 10.58 p.m. March 4th, so the same day when this all started. I understand somewhere along the path came the straw that broke the camel's back. Whatever it was or may have been that caused you to write all these things on Facebook, it's absurd. You guys always cracked jokes together when I was with you and, and never got out of line in person. Seems like when you guys text back and forth, you misinterpret the content of the text and blew it out of proportion. You know Robert is not racist 100% and don't ever need to write that stuff on Facebook even as a joke or frustration. 
We all just so had wait a, a minute. Wait a minute. This came from a an, <laughs> this came from an online fight. Yes, the, well, this Raymond is the, David. The, the blow up over the racist thing came from two, yeah, you know, people talking over the internet. Yes, it happened. It, there was some kind of chat room. I don't even fully understand what it was. Some kind of chat room that Raymond Davis is like forced into, like like where they just like. Do you know how many people told me to like you know burn in hell and die and all that kind of stuff when I played poker online? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? I mean, you just can't take all this stuff that seriously. Yeah. So, anyway. So he goes on to say, uh, we had we all just had a great time hanging out together for the Super Bowl party in February, and you and Robert seemed nothing but cool, and I'm sure if you thought Robert was racist years ago, he would never show up or he would not have invited you. I just don't get it. You guys were cracking jokes at a party, never heard once that anyone's feelings were hurt. At the end of the day, this basically sounds like a 10-plus year friendship that went sour in 10 minutes. If this is all because of money owed, it's ridiculous. If this is a way to get back at Robert, money then, owed. Yeah, that's unfortunately uh, that didn't get fleshed out any further. So <laughs> I was wondering about that too. That certainly got my attention. Yeah, uh, he's saying if it was, maybe he, maybe there isn't any. He's just saying if. I, I don't know. There was nothing further so it said. Seems about like that. a strange random thing to throw in there. Yeah. If, if if this is a way to get back at Robert, it's definitely going to be burning the bridge when, in fact, you guys should be trying to repair it. Also, I want to let you know that Raymond and I never had any issues or problems on and off, on or off the poker tables, and we always had nothing but good times together. I'm defending my brother being called a racist when, in fact, we all know he's not and nowhere near being racist. Yes, they both needle each other, but like I said earlier, they both like to blow it out of proportion, and the jokes sometimes get out of line on both ends. Most of us seen comedy and know sometimes they go a little bit overboard, but it's not what you say, it's how you, how and where you say it. This is how I feel about what happened in your conversations. You guys bullshit all the time together like brothers, and one issue comes along and the shit hits the fan. It's sad, but really hope someone mans up and apologizes. My family and I have nothing but love for people no matter what the color of their skin, religion, or sex may be. Let's all get along and wish each other peace and love. Yeah. So, See, I'm I'm the complete opposite of that, bro. <laughs> Where there no, there are lots and lots of people that I don't like, <laughs> but I don't discriminate based on you know uh, creed, color, whatever uh, for the people that I don't like. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and if and when people are too. I love everybody. I mean, it's just unrealistic. There are yeah. a lot of shitty people out there. there you know? This is being said on both sides now. First, Raymond Davis said it, and now uh, Eric Mizraki said it. So now, now, now Raymond Davis responds. He tells a story. He says, now, next morning, 8 a.m., March 5th. He says, I never was supposed to tell this story, but I will. So Robert Mizraki shows up to my place late one night. Little tipsy, he said, Ray, I'm, ta- I'm taking you out with me. I said, I don't want to go out. He said, we're going to the strip club, my treat. I jumped up and, and said, give me a minute to get ready. So we're heading downtown Vegas. I said, I thought we were going to a strip club. He says, we are, you idiot. We're going to the Palomino. I said, that place is a fucking dive and ghetto as fuck. He said, why do you think I picked you up, LOLLO? He said, no one else would go. So I said, seriously, Rob, why this one? He said, we can get BJs for $100 right in the club. <laughs> I said... <laughs> I said, good choice, Rob. LOL. So we walk in the door. Security pats us down and asks, do we have anything dangerous on us? I said, I smiled and said, no, only a couple of hard-ons, LOL. So we walked, we walk in and sit at the uh, bar. Rob, Robert has, uh, how many times do you think the security guy hears that, by the way? You have anything dangerous in your pants? Oh, yeah, I got something dangerous, all right. So, uh, Robert. That's, that's Robert. 
Yeah, Robert has a few more drinks at the bar, and soon these two girls approach us and ask what we are doing. I said nothing, just hanging out. One said, you guys would like to have a little fun. Robert jumps out of his seat, raises his hand like a little kid, and says, I would. So the girl was like, okay, would you guys like to go into the VIP room for some privacy? Yeah, you know what that means. And I said, sure, sounds like the place to be. We walk into the room, and I sit down on the couch, and Robert sits next to me. I said, you idiot, there's a bunch of couches in here. Why are you sitting next to me? He said, sorry, I sat with the girls, so he, so he did. Now the girls are negotiating lap dances. Robert jumps up and says, I am not here for some goddamn lap dance. You know what I want. The girl rubs his chest and tells him to calm down, then, t- then says, what would you like, handsome? He said, a BJ. She says, okay, sugar, that'll be $300. That sounds like Ooh. a bait. And, that sounds like a bait and switch. He claimed a hundred dollars. Now it's three hundred. So he says, Robert. Well, said, isn't he the one? He's the one that said it was a hundred bucks. Right? Yeah, I know. So Robert's the one who brought him there, saying, "I'm I'm bringing you to this this ghetto strip club for these hundred dollar BJ's," and then he's getting charged three hundred. So Robert said, "I didn't say I wanted to marry you." She said, "Okay, baby, I'll do you for two hundred. Robert said, "Deal." She says, "I need to go freshen up and need the two hundred dollars up front." Robert says, "Only two hundred. Well, they, they negotiated I mean, down to two hundred. I'm out of touch with what the 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 prices on these things should be, but that seems excessive. In in a place like that, it definitely is. I mean, uh, in in the higher end clubs, it would be much more than that. But uh, it, it seems excessive anywhere. No, 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 <laughs> no. You, no? You, you're, okay. you're not. I, I've never even done this, and I can tell you this. So, well, how do you know? Because I was in Vegas for eight years. I know these things. So anyway. Okay. It, it says, uh, but I, no, I'm not, I'm not covering anything up. I've never done anything like this. But uh, anyway, Roberts. So, but, you, but you know the exact price. Not the exact be. price. I know the the, the range. <laughs> I, I I know the 200 in a ghetto club is that's too much. In in, in a higher end one, that's probably too little. So anyway, he goes on to say. Uh, I lost my place here. I got distracted. Okay, so so there we go. So Robert says, only if you promise to come back. She said, I will, and I want you ready when I come back and have those pants down. Robert says, okay. So the girl takes off, and I see Robert pulling down his pants. I really hope like no kids are listening to the show. Uh, and and says, what are you doing? He says, I'm getting ready, you idiot. So after about three minutes, he walks back in with three security guards, and they walk up. No. To Robert, they walk up to Robert and say, what are you doing? Robert says, nothing. They say, why are your pants pulled down? Robert said, that girl told me to pull them down. She was going to give me a BJ for $200. Right? (laughs) I hope the story is true. Right, Ray? Uh. I said, he isn't lying. She did that. The guard said, so you pulled down your pants to get a BJ? Robert says, duh. Uh, Who gets one with their pants up? So at this point, security was in the back, and they were informed it was was a a big one in back, and this could get ugly. I don't know what that means. So, so they asked us to leave. Robert refused until he got his money back. Then they threatened us with a, with a trespass. So I told Robert, we don't need this. Let's go. They said we are 86th for life, meaning they're, you know, they're kicked out. They can't ever come back. Uh, so me and Rob get in the car, and I look at him and say, thank you for helping me reach a new low in my life. I've finally been kicked out of a strip club. He looks at me and says, you want to try one more? And, and they put hashtag LMAO. So... That's an interesting so scam. So let me ask you a question, Drew. This sounds like this place. They, they, they knew that it was a standard thing that you get BJ's there. It sounds and like. I, well, don't know, I mean, is it? Is do you know anything about this club? Is no, I, I don't know. You can just go and do that. I know it's a, one of the ghetto clubs in that area of Vegas. Uh, I don't know about it specifically, but it, it, this sounds like if the story is true. It's, this sounds like a scam that the girl and security is in on, where where the girl gets the two hundred up front, which you, you never do. You never that. You should never be that stupid. Here, we, we have Brandon calling. Let's let's slap. Maybe he knows about this. Brandon, hello. Brandon, hello? Brandon, you listening? Hello, Brandon. is anyone out there? 
Yeah, Brandon, tell us tell us about the Palomino. Tell us about the hundred dollar blowjob. That's why I'm calling. There's some holes in this story. Okay, tell me the holes. I'm sitting here listening to the the, the fraud show playing the damn site on this Chinese thing. It's it's getting out of control. That's the first thing. It's getting out of control. The whole site's gonna go under. What what, um, is, what is? What's gonna go under? That's because I'm playing on the on the Chinese. I'm playing 28 members right now. It's very hard to keep up. Okay, just go on. Tell us the holes. Well, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, the Chinese poker. Everyone's playing it out right. Um. Very very. Yeah okay. yeah. Anyhow, listen. I think so. So there's there's some holes. In your story, or in the story you're reciting. Yeah. Uh, but first off, I, I want to clear up a couple other things that you just were a little short on. Uh, obviously, you know Robert and you know Michael. The third brother, as you mentioned, was Eric. The fourth brother, and I'm not making this up, he's a professional magician. And his name is Donnie. And in 2011, all four brothers which is a fucking remarkable, fucking uh, amazing achievement. All four brothers cashed in the oh, main All four? Event. I thought it was just those three. I didn't know it was four. Okay. I knew all four played. I didn't know that, all four cashed. Okay. That was his first ever Donnie. That was his first ever WSOP main event or, or, or anything at the time. Yeah. And they all four cashed, which okay. is, you know, that's, that is that's a pretty incredible feat yeah. for me. I don't Maybe two, I'm sure two brothers have done it. Probably never three, but four. Yeah. So, anyhow. Um, okay, the Pal- the Palomino Club. A couple points of interest. Now, I have not been there in, in a long time. My, my strip club days are long behind me. But there's one special thing about the Palomino Club that no other club in the entire state can offer. Then, do either of you know what that is? No. Fully nude. Well, no, there, there's, you're, you're half right, but there, there are a number of other fully nude strip clubs. Is, is it that you can be fully nude and, and uh, drink there? Fully nude and alcohol. Yeah, that's, that's the only yeah, one yeah. in this town. Uh, okay. And the reason why is it's been around so long. When the law changed in the 70s, the late 70s, it was grandfathered in. Okay. So, fully hmm. club... And you know, that's a big selling point because they have these places, the, these strip clubs, uh, and those are 18 or above that are fully nude, but they cannot sell alcohol. Yeah, yeah nobody can drink the one, Yeah. Right. And the ones that can sell alcohol, uh, you have, you know, it, it's top or it's only topless and it's 21 or above the work. Anyhow, that's not, the, that's not the whole thing. Now, it is true that this club is in a, not a great area of town. Um, but to say that you're going to go into this strip club and you're going to get jacked, and absolutely not. Not even close. It's not, you know, the only thing that could possibly happen to you is, you know, and I'm saying, I mean, anything could fucking happen. But likely-wise, you know, you're more danger. You're dangerous. It's more dangerous to you to be walking from your car to inside the club or if you're hanging out in the surrounding part of that area, which is North Las Vegas. But inside the club, I mean, it's, it's a high-end club. It's nice. It's, you know, okay. So second, second hole that I'll point out is I'm sure 
that there's a minuscule, very minuscule part of the strip club industry in, in Vegas that still lets some of that shady shit, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, definitely you can't go into a strip club. I don't care how much money you have. You're not coming here on a Friday night or a Saturday night to a strip club and you're not in, in getting laid. It's just not happening. Like it, the way it is today versus how it was maybe in the 80s or 90s or even when I first moved out here 15 years ago, it, it's totally different. Now, you also have to consider a place like that, their biggest asset is that liquor license. And believe me when I say that gaming, because there's also slot machines that are in that place, any infraction at all whatsoever, uh, their liquor license is that this has happened before, where places have been shut down, they've lost their license because of, you know, illegal activities that go on in clubs. So is it possible, and we're going to speak bluntly here, is it possible that you can go into, you know, a champagne room or, you know, one of these private rooms, which, by the way, they all have cameras these days. There's, there's no strip club that you could just go to and you're totally alone with the girl, and that's, you know, for the girl's safety. In case someone starts attacking, there's usually people monitoring, uh, you know, monitoring the, the females and, and the, the lap dance or whatever it is, you're, you know, you're paying for. Um but anyhow, that doesn't go on. I mean, you cannot go in and have sex in a strip club. It's just that those days are just over. It's so regulated. And the other thing you have to consider, there's no incentive for strip clubs to allow this behavior to occur because this is how they make their money. They make their money on covers, you know, having to pay to come in. They make their money on alcohol. Or if it's a place that's 18 and above, i.e. nude, as I mentioned before, then a bottle of water is like 10 bucks. Pepsi's like, you know, a Pepsi or Coke is like 12 bucks, and you have to get two drinks. That's how they make their money. And lastly... So it's, a, it's the same model as uh, the movie theaters, right? <laughs> they just yeah, they, for the except, except you're not required to buy drinks at the movie theater. Yeah. And, la- Sorry, and, Brian, lastly, and lastly, all these clubs uh, require a house fee per night. What a house fee is, it means that you have to pay a certain pre-negotiated fee before you even start your shift. Or actually, you pay it when it's over, you know. But you know what that that fee is before your shift starts. Right, right, now, the higher right, end, right. The, the girls pay right. for the girls pay to be there. Right now, the higher end club, the more the higher the fee. Like Sperm and Rhino, which is you know pretty much the, the high end club in Las Vegas at the moment, on a Friday or Saturday night. I would guess, you know, a fee between 200 and 300 is, is probably uh, what it is. I wouldn't be surprised on, you know, the New Year's, Super Bowl, you know, weekend things that fall on Friday, Saturday nights, or, you know, real busy times, it's even more. So, anyhow, they're get, the clubs are getting all that money. Okay, whatever you tip a girl, you know, the club isn't getting it. You know, they're not getting, you know. So, the, again, the point is they have no incentive to allow this kind of behavior to go on. So, for him – so the only the only point I'm making is I don't care you know I I don't know Raymond Davis I mean I'm friends with him on Facebook uh, for years and you know I I know who he is he knows who I am but I don't hang out with him you know I've never spent time alone with him um, so but I can tell you right now it, that's a fallacy if they really are seriously writing that they were going and that was their story that they were going to get laid or blown or anything like that it just it doesn't happen. So, so you don't think so this—you don't think this scam happened where, where, where the girl said, uh, "You know, 
I, I want $200, give me up front, then I'm going to come right back, pull down your pants, then he pulls down his pants, and then she gets security to kick him out. You don't. You think that's all made up? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I do. Maybe now, so. the, only, the only thing that I will tell you from what I've heard and just even from my past years and decade now experience is what, what commonly happens now. There are girls that work in strip clubs that are that are that are hookers or that will go and or I shouldn't say that are hookers but they are hookers or they'll go and do more than yeah. than what is allowed but what they do uh you know in those occasions is they'll negotiate with the customer they'll exchange numbers contact information whatever and they'll meet somewhere off the premises so you're saying this doesn't ever happen inside the clubs because I've heard it has no no not anymore I mean you're you're talking a decade at least and I mean, I'm not saying there's not the occasional, you know, thing that happens. But what I'm saying is, you could literally have ten thousand dollars on you and drive around all night long to every strip club, and you're not going to get laid. I mean, I, I would bet you that. Mm-hmm. I would bet. Now, I'm not talking if you find some hole in the wall place that you know, but any reputable, you know, meaning they have a liquor license, they have a, they have a, a functioning business license, not going to happen. No, it's just not going to happen. It's just it, it's not like that today. And and all those places also to improve revenue have slot machines in them. Um, so you know, like here's an example, like a place like uh, Played Against Fans, which is kind of like a local a local strip club on Spring Mountain. They have slots. They have video blackjack. Okay, I mean, like what happened? What the hell was that? That was Trader Ruski. That was me. What's happening, Brandon? So not only could they lose their liquor license, but their gaming license as well. And like I said, they don't get anything out of it. So there's no incentive. No, but anyhow. I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So, with with, with Palomino, it makes more with Palomino. Before you go on, with Palomino, it makes more sense because they have something so unique here with with being able to to have fully nude and drinking occurring there and selling alcohol that they have to be very careful not to screw that up. That totally makes sense to me. What you're saying. Last time I was in a strip club, and it was a long time ago. I I, I can't even tell you how long it's been, but there are cameras everywhere. And if you do go in the back room to have a you know a lap dance one on one. Their camera's all over, just for that reason. Because a, a girl starts even jerking you off, or, or, or whatever it may be, the girl's going to get fired, but the club is ultimately held responsible for it. And again, if you think about it, say I pay a girl $500 and tell her to do something, you know, give me, give me, a, give me head in the back room. I give her $500, she's going to pocket that $500. There's no incentive for a club to even allow that illegal behavior. Yeah, I mean, sure. does it make sense what I'm saying? Yep. It's just, yeah. It just, so, the number one fallacy, like I said, is it is a dangerous area to go to. I mean, when I say dangerous, it's no worse than the Sonic that I went to for the $300. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, Mike, it's not that I would walk around like you would in, in Summerlin around your block and just, you know, just spend time. I mean, you know, you've got to be diligent, you know. I mean, I would compare it to, like, downtown L.A. or, you know, maybe even not that. Downtown L.A. has gotten a lot better, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. From whatever it is. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, but anyhow, that, that whole misconception that, like, you're going to the hood, you're going to get you off the bus bullshit. Okay. So I, can't, I mean, I should tell you that right now. Like, so if that's, you know... If you can call bullshit and part of a story like that, then to me that kind of already takes away credibility from 
the other part. Okay, I, 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 I have to agree that uh, thank you for that perspective. You know, Brandon, you're welcome to stay on. We, we, we can't spend that long on this topic or on any tangents tonight because I have to be done in less than two hours. So we do have to get through everything. But I, I, I appreciate you calling in and giving us uh, this uh, information. And you, you raise a lot of good points and a lot of things I didn't really realize. So uh, you want to stay well, on? He, or he, Brandon, what? could he have been naive? And could they have thought that they could get a? They could just walk in there and get a BJ. And oh, absolutely! Give the, the girl the money, and then she then she told the security guy to boot him. Right? Yeah, that could have happened. That's true. Listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention any names, okay? But there's a forum member, and I don't I don't I don't think he would mind. He's not listening anyhow. I don't think he would mind me telling the story. He just he wouldn't want his name included in it. But many moons ago, uh, I'd say this maybe this is 2006. Uh, he comes to Vegas. And he hadn't been to Vegas in, in quite some time. And uh, he's drunk. He'd been playing at the Bellagio all night at 6 in the morning. I haven't seen him in about two years. And this is still an active forum member. He wants to go to the Sperman Rhino. I'm at the Bellagio. I drive down there to see him. He's very drunk. I'm kind of worried about him. I take him to the Sperman Rhino. And he's dead set on getting laid. And, you know, this is like 6 in the morning on like a Tuesday. And this is not the cream of the crop when you get there. I mean, these are like the women that are way past their prime. <laughs> and, you know, he's dead set, dead set on getting laid. I'm like, buddy, it's not, you know, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's not like that. It's six in the morning. And he's dead set. I have money. I'll pay. I don't care. And he goes in there. And, you know, the first time he tries it, you know, it's the wrong girl who immediately calls a bouncer, security guard, manager, whatever you want to call it. And, and he's booted. And, you know, not, and, of course, I leave with him. I drove right. him. Um, and, you know, it just it doesn't work that way. You know, so anyhow, I'll stay on. I know you, you mentioned that uh, you got uh, to get out of here pretty soon. So I'm actually at a Starbucks. So I'm going to mute myself. Okay. Very and good. the other thing I, I want to say, and, and it, I'm not going to go into it now, and I don't even care that I'm calling someone out because it's kind of long overdue. But uh, Michael Mizraki's ex-wife, and I know her. She's a crazy bitch. No, I'm not going to go into it now. <laughs> I would be more than happy. To, to share some of my experiences that I that I have with her oh. to why I made that statement, but when you made the statement prior that you, you know thought she was maybe she's not a gold digger, I don't know anything about that, and I don't know any, why they broke up. I assume you know, you know, I mean, I, I saw him this World Series and two World Series before that with different girls that sit behind him on day one of like a tournament, which shouldn't even be allowed. That's another thing that's kind of bullshit. I guarantee you, if I brought a girl. And let her sit behind me at any point of a WSOP tournament. They're gonna fuck. Oh yeah, of, of course, of leave. course, of course. But but I've seen him numerous times have his little girlfriend, you know, bringing him smoothies and food and and you know whatnot, and then pulling up a chair and sitting right behind him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so anyhow, no, I, I don't know about the gold digger part. I don't know why. You know, I don't know factually why their marriage disintegrated. Of course, I have ideas just like you do. But for you to say that, you know, you thought maybe she's some sweet woman. Uh, no, she's a crazy fucking. Okay, bitch. Well, that's, that's possible. So, I, I don't know her well, as I said, and I, I don't. I don't really know her personally. I, I had heard decent things about her, but I haven't heard that much. So I, I'm willing. To, I, I could very easily change my mind if I hear some other stories that could fit with that. I know. I want yeah. to hear about the crazy bitch now. Well, I, we probably <laughs> well, don't have. Gonna, we probably gonna... don't have time tonight for that. We we could do that next okay, week. Okay. All right. Can we yeah, have a crazy bitch But anyhow, continue on. I'm going to mute myself while I'm out here doing errands. Okay. And uh, Very good. Godspeed. Well, th- thank you, Brandon. It's a pleasant surprise to have you here. So, all right. So, so it makes sense. It could have happened, right? They so, yeah, so, yeah, right. It bags. They walked in there, and the, the club said, there's no way we're risking our license over 200 bucks 
It makes sense. Yeah, or, or it could have been. Well, that and I'm sure it's like something on the DL that they have to be very discreet about it. If you ask your girlfriend, Trader how many times you gotten you gotten thrown out of a strip club for trying to buy a PJ? <laughs> no, never. Tell the truth. But, right, but, you know. Oh, you always get away with it, right? Get loud, you know. Yeah. Right. So you don't get kicked out when you get your BJs in the strip clubs because you do it the right way, right? Of course. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so let, let me. So we'll finish up with with this whole story. So then the grinder gets involved. Mike Mizraki, six fourteen p.m. March fifth. Only about a day and a half after this started. I am only making this a public matter because Raymond Davis has asked has already publicly tried to humiliate my brother and tarnish his reputation. If you have been feeling this way about Robert for so long. Why would you ask him to be part of your company, referring to Real Grinders, and represent your website? Please stop making false accusations about my brother. If you truly know him, you know he's a kind person, a great brother and father. If you felt so strongly about Rob, then why just last month would you, would you wear him on your T-shirt with your company logo at a Super Bowl party with each other? So I guess he, he had some picture of Robert on his, uh, his T-shirt. Jesus Christ. Very weird. Uh, I am only – he posted a picture of that too. I'm only making this a public matter – Oh no, that's that's weird. Uh, he posed the same thing twice. So, I, uh, so, so then Raymond Davis responds the next day, or actually not the next day, late that night, about uh, at two twelve a.m. March sixth. So Mike Mizraki puts up a post on Facebook showing support for his brother against my racist allegations, which is fine and dandy. Nothing wrong with that. So now the Mizraki legion of family, friends, and family comes to his defense on his page, joining on bashing me and calling black people overly sensitive, which I have no problem with that either. What was so laughable is one guy posted, see Raymond Davis, you were wrong. You see a pattern here. Everyone loves Robert, Robert Mizraki and his brothers. LMAO, 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 you fucking idiot. It's his brother's page. Hashtag LMAO. I don't even know what that means. Uh, then he posted this weird... There's this weird transcript, but you don't get to see the whole thing. It's 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 called a chat room, but it looks more like text messages. And it's, it's like just about everything is being said by Robert here. And... and, and uh, the only thing being said by Raymond is, damn, they are offensive. But the rest of it is stuff like, I bet I can rob your house and you'll end up in jail. Shut the F up, Raymond, or I'm going to call the cops and say you broke in my house and Todd's, referring to Todd Brunson. Who do you think they'll believe? A lot of Negroes in this chat. I'm on vacation. Why don't you sell some bud in your hood? I'm a, I'm a win-win situation. If the cops come, you get arrested. I shoot. It's your fault. You have no value for life. You're, you're, you're an asshole. You think I'm racist. You can go hang yourself because I love everyone equally. Go join a gang. So the the problem is this was all taken out of context. We don't, I don't even understand what this is supposed to be. That kind of chat room, whatever. This is my determination of this whole thing. Uh, and and then later on, someone po- I don't have a, a copy of this, but someone posted a. Uh, I, I I quickly saw it and didn't save it in time before it disappeared. But someone posted some screenshots of Raymond Davis himself making jokes and, and saying negative things about black people, even though he's black himself. So th- this is what I have to say. Well, that's allowed, right? Yeah, well, that, that too. But uh, this is what I have to say. These guys were friends up until at least last month. Um, a lot of times people who are different races or different religions, they'll make joke racist comments or uh, other, you know, other comments that would be offensive if they weren't friends. But to each other, it's just considered kidding around. So I think that's what was going on, and I think something else must have happened. I don't know if it I do that with my wife all the time. Yeah, that's right. That's my right. wife is different different race than I am, and we she busts on me, I bust on her, and it's you know it's all in good fun. Yeah, 
So I, I think that's what was going on, and I think that Raymond was mad about something else. Maybe there was something about money. Who knows what it was? But something happened where Raymond got mad about something else and then probably decided to make a big deal over the supposed racist comments Robert made. Now, it's possible maybe Robert was overdoing it with the, with the black jokes and Raymond was kind of just laughing it off because he, he otherwise liked Robert. Right. And then once once he got frustrated with Robert about something else, decided, hey, I hate the racist stuff, and now I'm going to go smear him for being a racist. So, But I don't, I don't think that Robert – I think what was going on between them really were just two guys who, who – I think Robert felt he was comfortable enough with him to make – Black jokes to him and, and wasn't Actually racist and then Either Raymond took it the wrong way or the, More likely something else happened that made Raymond much more sensitive to this So he, here's the conclusion though it's, it, All this has been deleted from Raymond's page so Was there a connection To the strip club and him being racist By the way I didn't hear that What was that I, I didn't hear you Trader Was there a connection to for the strip club and him being a racist No no there isn't actually it was just a, a, a story He just threw in there No Trederuski, uh, Druff only brought that up for clickbait, so that yeah, exactly. In the title of the show, he can he can list the stripper blowjob thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so this is this is the the conclusion. I think Raymond's listening right now because he's messaging me on Facebook. So, hello, Raymond. But uh, um, so th- this is what he wrote. It seems it's over. Uh, yesterday, March eighth at five forty nine a.m., he put, "I forgave Robert Mizraki and he moved on. He admitted he was wrong, and I, and I admitted I was wrong for not getting more info on Rob before blasting him. Robert has issues with anger and can't control himself or what he says at times. I used to have the same problem. This is, this is Raymond saying this before a judge issued a court order to make me go to anger management classes, which made me even more angry at the time." LMAO. Oh <laughs> Calling a judge's courtroom a kangaroo court and him Captain Kangaroo in an insane outburst uh, didn't help either or get me out of the this classes. This is a guy that's fine. taking in orphans? <laughs> <laughs> the fine he gave me But it did get me a two hour lockup, A nice uh, bologna sandwich meal And a bigger fine I still laugh when I think of that image of my lawyer Throwing up his hands and then uh, putting his head on the table When I went nuts in that courtroom So now I <laughs> So now I channel my anger in different ways I talk to Harry, I go for a walk Things like that Hopefully Robert gets the help he needs It'll only make him a better person I removed all the posts Thankfully I saved the ones I was able to read you guys uh, because I didn't want all this negativity in my life. Thank you guys for your support. Without you guys' support and love, this would have been a much tough, tougher one to get through. I have so much love for all of you. Hashtag much love. So it, it seems like that uh, this is probably uh, over here. Yeah, so I think uh, we got Harmony once again. And I don't think they're going to be friends again. It doesn't sound like they've... Uh, it sounds like they've agreed to kind of end this public fight, but it doesn't seem like uh, they're friends. But it wouldn't shock me if they got past this and became friends again. But I, I have a feeling the friendship's over. Okay, what, what do you want to say? So, Griff, what's, what's the lesson here? What did we learn from all of this? What have, we learned? What, what have you learned? Uh, I, I think what we've learned... No, I'm serious. No, I think the lesson here is just... You've learned that if you want to get drunk and see that poonanny, you got to go to the Palomino. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is the, the takeaway here is don't air your fucking dirty laundry. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was, was going to say. You know? Don't put things in I mean, writing in general. I mean, it's so it's there forever. It's so stupid. Okay, I, I have... Uh, and, and not just that, it makes it harder for them. You know, if this was just a, a spat that they had privately, then they, they might have been able to get over it easier. But the fact that they... 
you know, decided to just jizz this all over Facebook so everyone could see it. I mean, it's probably it's probably not ever going to be something that they can get past. Yeah, Raymond is listening, so he wanted to note that nobody owes each other money, which which is very possible. So I only saw that one message of money, and it seemed like it it seemed to me more like a what if. Like, well, the strip club owes him two hundred bucks. That's true. That's true. Someone someone does owe someone money. At least the girl at the strip club. (laughs) Who? uh, Yeah, it may may be that Robert just like like went up and offered her two hundred, and she took it, and then and then when it got security and kept the two hundred, that could be very possible. I think it. complete sense especially given what brandon was saying about the palomino that yeah. you know the guy was being a a, a dick you know and was like give me a blow job i'm getting ready and she's just like this this isn't going to happen here so, so she brings a security guard and gets them kicked out yeah, you know? very possible okay look, we got to move on to the next topic we have a number of things to do and not much time to do it so let's uh let's get on to the fernando update fernando rosas fernando, fernando rosas and jacqueline moscow in the ongoing cheating allegations that uh, that oh uh, is this that fucking video? Wait, what's the guy's on? name? Fernando Rosas. Fernando who? Fernando yeah, I'm Rosas. Open face right now. It, what, he, is he there right now? Open face Chinese. No, I've been playing him. The guy never loses a hand. It's unbelievable. Every draw. He's doing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so, kidding. so here, here he goes. So this is a a video that he and uh, Jacqueline Moscow point, put out, and and you would not believe like. So Jacqueline Moscow texts me, and she says to me uh, last week, we're about to put out a video in response to all this. I was like, okay, good. You know, I've been following this story. I've been covering it on radio. And then, like, the whole day passes, right. nothing. And I go, okay, where's the video? Oh, no, he's uploading it. I go, well, how, how long can it be to upload this? Like, I, I upload, like, like 4K drone videos to YouTube in, in a well, short time. He's uploading it from Mexico, yeah, from so, a small town in Mexico. Give him a break. That's what she actually said. So so I'm like, okay. Oh, so, my God, so, really? Yeah, so, so that, like, like, days and days keep passing, and, like, there's no video. And I go, this is, like, the worst slow roll ever. Like, why even tell me this and there's no video? So finally the video They're appeared. Upload, uploading it by burrow. Yeah, okay? exactly. They pack, they pack the video onto the in the burrows bags and they sent them to go upload it. Yeah. I, I think maybe Mexico is still stuck at 1200 baht or something, but here, here is the, uh, the video that was made by Fernando and Jacqueline as well. They collaborated on this uh, long distance. She's in Florida. He's in Mexico. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but, uh, uh, please, please, please don't play the whole thing. <laughs> that video. I can't believe that somebody looked at that video Edited that that video, and then it was like, "Yeah, this is good." Let's yeah, put this up. yeah. The production was value was was so was very poor. No, not the production value. It was cringeworthy as hell. Well, okay, so let's, the guy's running around. Someone play me an open face. Well, that, that was the worst me? part. So he, the, 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 the problem was Fernando tried. To, he tried to inject humor into this, and it didn't work very well. So he, listen to this here. Uh, here we go. In this video, I will be presenting information relevant to recent accusations made against Jacqueline Moscow and myself. Now, the funny thing, he's sitting in front of like a, a radio microphone as if he's doing a radio show doing this. It's weird. Like, why, why does he even have this? He doesn't do podcasts. By Jason Mercier. Analyzing some hands, Jason played at the 2014 and 2015 Tony Bed High Roller. Displaying evidence of me playing and analyzing OFC back in August of 2016, and presenting an investment opportunity if you're not so 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 the, the first thing that was weird I was like why is he talking about he's going to analyze Jason Mercier's hands in in some open face Chinese competition like what how is that relevant to this of whether or not he was cheating I mean I know Jason is the one bringing the accusations against him but this looked like media to me like like this is a way to trash Jason rather than well, himself innocent. it's 
to trash Jason, to show that he knows what he's doing so he doesn't need to cheat. Yeah. And to try and drum up support for people backing him. Yeah. So so here's uh and and uh, and kill all of his action. Right. So, Chinese. so here, here here's the uh it's a... familiar with these accusations, I will summarize what has been occurring. For several months, many players have been quitting or refusing to play Jacqueline and myself on a popular app for open-faced Chinese poker called Pineapple. I heard directly from someone that the reason for this was that Jason Mercier was telling people that he thought I was cheating on the app. Jacqueline heard the same from another player. Then, a third player told me that they heard the rumors and were in the tough spot and unsure of what to do as I was up a significant amount of points. I decided to post about all of this on 2 plus 2 in an effort to clear our names. Jason responded, admitting to having told approximately 20 to 30 people that he believes I cheat for reasons including the way I seek action, my track record of beating most opponents, and his wife's accounts of my live play. He tagged Jacqueline along as a cheat since she is a friend of mine who has also beat many people in the game. I would like to state that I understand where Jason is coming from and do not condemn his behavior. Yeah, you don't condemn his behavior, but you try to humiliate him later in the video, as, you know, trying to make him look like an open-faced Chinese fish. I am extremely confident he never had any intentions of defaming me, but rather had intentions of protecting people from what he sincerely thought was a cheater. Some of you might call BS on this, but when you see all human behavior, and for that matter, all physical behavior as perfectly lawful to the universe, then abandoning old and obsolete concepts such as judging is possible. What? What the what, fuck? What does that even mean? What does that even mean? The universe and abandoning just what, what is he talking about? So so here so then we then we jump to Jacqueline Moscow and she's got like the big smart girl glasses on. Like you this, these are the glasses you wear if you work in the library. And she's sitting in her office or something and she And showing a tasteful amount of titties. Right, right. She she wore a She's not, uh, she's not putting them out there but she's making sure you can see this the tasteful amount. Right. And and she uh, and she has lost a good deal of weight since we saw her last a year about a year ago. So this uh this is a, a skinnier but uh less revealing of cleavage Jacqueline Moscow. I'm not as zen as Fernando and I do condemn Jason's behavior. I resent the fact that Jason Mercier who has never played me in a single hand of OFC and Sean Deeb, who has also never played me in a single hand of OFC, have falsely labeled me as a cheat, accusing me of what is one of the scummiest forms of behavior in the entire poker community. Back to Fernando. Back to you, Fernando. And today in the news, a uh, plane crash in southern Mexico. <laughs> so, so here's Fernando. Uh, now, this, this, he leads into this, the most cringeworthy part of the video. Which I'm not going to play much of that, but uh, please don't play it all. No, it's, it's horrible. No, I won't play it all. Trust me. Many of you are probably familiar with Jacqueline, but probably do not know anything about me. I'll start off by telling you that I studied mathematics as a full-time student at Stanford University. I dropped out of Stanford because, out of all the career paths or majors presented to me, none of them appealed to me, considering we live in a world full of physical complexity and constant change. Mm. He dropped out of Stanford because of all the majors they offered to Stanford, one of the best schools in in the country. None of it appealed to him because of, of some reason that we're in a world full of constant change. I'm, I'm not sure what? what that has to do with uh, your major, but that's why he dropped out. 
I, I'm not sure what that has to do with anything. Nothing. It, I, I don't understand statements like that. The weird thing is he, he writes and says things like this all the time and then wonders why people can't relate to him. and why, why He's they're saying not... that whatever major he would have gone for, it'd be obsolete in 100 years, so what's the point? <laughs> right. Okay, here we it go. Sounds like he, it sounds like he should have been going to Berkeley, not to... Texas. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he chose the right area of California, just the wrong school. I started playing UFC in August of 2015, and I instantly became obsessed and addicted to it. The game constantly made me question a lot of spots, so I started working the math mathematically. Once I felt I had an edge over most opponents, I quickly and desperately started begging everyone for action on the internet, since I live in Mexico and do not know many poker players. So, uh, first of all, he's bragging about his mathematical knowledge. So, this is a guy that's being accused of cheating in some way on the app. And he keeps talking about how great he is at math. Math, math, math. Does, does that convince you that he wasn't using a bot? That he didn't develop a bot in some way to solve the game? Does that, uh, is this someone that you would now dismiss those charges? Because to me this just seems to it, make it more suspicious. It doesn't, it doesn't influence me one way or the other, really. I mean, he can say whatever he wants. I don't know Wait, he's necessarily let me, ask, let, me ask, let me ask a question here. I've read the thread on the on the one site and on the, the fraud site. Are they accusing him of creating like his own software in which he's in, inputting the hands? No, and it's telling him the optimal way to play, or of actually hacking the app. Well, no. So, so Mercier is now saying that he actually hacked the app, but then it, it, it's kind of ambiguous. It could have been that he was using a bot that to solve the app, but but it's but the but Mercier clarified it, saying that no, I don't think you were botting. I actually think you were just cheating and and uh, controlling the card or seeing the card somehow. That's that's what he was saying. You know, on that on actual app, and of course it means nothing. It's just words, but. It does say when you log in, and there's, I can even send you a screenshot, and I wonder if this is even true, that it says on there that like, I would assume that this app was made in, in the U.K. because it says that it has been inspected and thoroughly examined for fairness by the U.K. Gaming Commission. Hmm. It says that right on I don't believe the app was hacked. Is my, that's my opinion, but I'll get to that shortly. I don't believe this was a, a hacking of the app. I don't think that he was controlling the cards. But, uh, but anyway, the, so the, the, here comes the cringeworthy part of the video, and I'm not gonna, I, I'm going to skip past it, but you'll hear the very beginning of it. So it says on the screen, a typical day in the life of Fernando. So at first I thought he's going to show himself playing OFC or something. No, that's not what he's going to show. Listen to this. Now wait a minute, can you hear that? Or does it sound like... No, it sounds like wind. Uh, somehow, despite the long time in getting this video perfectly edited and uploaded to, to YouTube, in the, the, the live action part where he's walking around Mexico, supposedly asking strangers for OFC action, he didn't bother to notice that the whole time the wind is blowing and you can't hear anything. He's wearing this this shirt that says OFC addict, and and he and he he's what? asking random people around Mexico. Supposedly, you can tell it's all staged, but he's going up to supposedly random people in his town in Mexico. You want to play OFC? You want to play OFC? And all the none of them have any uh, awareness of what OFC even is. The only funny part of this whole thing is where he plays the. Maybe. Maybe he'll be lucky and he'll run into MWH. Yeah, yeah. He plays it. 
So so the, the the only funny part of this whole segment is where he, he makes fun of himself and and shows him playing OFC against someone who like has no idea what's going on and he puts aces and eights in the middle and queen high up top. That's a, it, like it's like a subtle little jab at what uh, Jason Mercier said that he did that was a stupid move. That that's the only funny part of this whole thing if you know the story and remember it well. So you, you go through about two minutes of this awful segment of, of the wind blowing into his microphone. While he's asking people to play OFC. Well, Jeff, the footage was gold. I mean, he couldn't he, he couldn't throw away that just absolute gold footage for some audio issues. Okay? <laughs> so that, and listen, that, I'll tell you, I probably I probably played you know before this. I played on the ABC app before it, you know was proven that you could hack into it. And before that, there were other sites. I probably played some version of, of, of Chinese poker first and then open face and open face pineapple for about a decade now. So I probably have more hands in than anyone that I know of on PFA. Maybe there's some lurkers or whatnot that, that I don't know of. And I can tell you that after, you know, when you play, and sometimes you'll play this game for hours and hours and hours, you'll see players that, that are even, that are very good make mistakes like the aces and eights in the middle. Well, I, I, brought that right. I, I brought that I mean, up. I, that doesn't mean anything. I agree. It means nothing at all. Believe not, me. I mean, I was playing tonight against someone who, you know, who, who put a full house when he had only one pair on the bottom. He put a full house in the middle. And he's like, Doe, what did I just do? I've been playing too long. Yeah. I mean, it happens. I that's, know. It's stupid. It's, it's, it's stupid. It means nothing. I agree. That's what I said yeah. last time. So, hey, so now back to Jacqueline. Yes. He wore that shirt. Last summer at the WSOP, while he was playing live with cards. Why does that matter? Why, why does it matter what shirt he's wearing? That, that OFC addict shirt. How does that prove he's not a cheater because he wore a OFC addict shirt while playing OFC live? There's no doubt he played live. Everyone agrees he played. Well, why is she even saying that? I saw him wearing that shirt. Okay. Because I was also at the WSOP last summer okay. playing live. Okay. Cards. Yes. Okay. But nobody denies that. So what's the point? Why are you telling us this? We are now going to analyze hands that Jacqueline and I found that were played by Jason Mercier in December 2014 and 2015 at the Tony Bet OFC High Roller tournaments. Now what we're really going to do is we're going to make Jason Mercier look like a fool. We're going to try to make him look like he is an OFC fish and that when he says he's one of the best players in the world, I'm going to handpick three hands he did not play well and I will make fun of him for and use mathematics to do it I'm using going to use math to bully Jason Mercier and make him look like an idiot here I go so that's I'm not even going to play all this it's a, it's just thank you he goes through this 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 whole mathematical explanation about uh what why Jason Mercier made mistakes the segment's so stupid because it means nothing and even if if he really did prove this, that uh, on these three hands, Jason Mercier played poorly. Who cares? I mean, very few people are going to play, especially in a high-pressure tournament situation, are going to play perfectly. You can find in any form of poker, in any tournament where you can find someone playing a hand poorly. Uh, If you watch every one of my hands, you can find uh, plenty like that. Uh, So that, that doesn't mean anything. He spent several minutes on this and, and I think the takeaway, as Cal Watt said, was you're supposed to say, well, look look how knowledgeable Fernando is. 
And and Jason Mercier, one of the best players in the world, look look how stupid he was with these these terrible mistakes that 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 Fernando just proved with his mathematical knowledge were wrong. So therefore, we must believe that Fernando is the better player, the more knowledgeable player, and therefore he wasn't botting. I think that's what we're supposed to take away. We're also supposed to take away that that uh, Jason Mercier is a, is an open faced fish and and overrates himself. So uh, I'm going to skip past all this BS here. Let's let's see if which most of the video actually. I mean, I, I don't want to bother playing the analysis. It's boring. So, oh, so here's, here's, uh, let's see when it's all done. I want to get to the part where, where he's asking to be backed. Parts out there, consequently making better decisions. Also, if Mercier goes to Fantasyland, he will lose positional AV since next time he will be on the button AV. and playing Fantasyland on the button loses him his positional advantage. Who cares? Therefore, don't, don't going care. for the three card straight is not worth the slightly higher percentage of times he goes to an extremely devalued Fantasyland. But what, this is a 15 minute video. Why are you spending more than half of it analyzing Jason Mercier's play? It, it makes no sense. So, so here's, here's the is, best. I love, I love how he's going through the video, spending so much time proving how smart he is. And how dumb Jason Mercier is, Mercier or whatever is, and then at the end he's like, um, and by the way, this guy that I called an idiot, uh, he's got all the money in the world to play. I don't have any money, yeah. even though I'm <laughs> smart. So can you guys back me? Wait, so here, here it comes. Yeah. Right here, here it comes. I was so passionate about OFC that I had a channel where I streamed and analyzed my gameplay. Here's a clip of my first Twitch stream, oh, which wait, was published on August of 2006. So, 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 so yeah, I got to keep skipping here. This is, I, I was fooled by what was on the screen, but yeah, the, the, he was showing like a donate page, but that he, he wasn't talking about it. It just was wrongly placed in the video. <laughs> so let me. S- I think it's right at the end. Yeah. So he's what he, what he was doing was uh, he, he was then playing a, a clip of his video from August 2016, where he was analyzing uh, of all people uh, Robert Mizrahi. <laughs> of a game he had against him again trying to show look how knowledgeable I am even back then so therefore right. I'm not an OFC fish but let's get to the yeah. best part and of And he's the also you know he's also Emily killing his action like if people watch this and they say oh wow he really does know what he's doing I'm not playing that fucking guy Yeah <laughs> okay, so here's here's the end of the video heads up OFC at their card room if anyone is interested in buying action at no markup, no markup. Wow, what a deal! Please contact me at Fernando Rosas one zero zero at gmail dot com. Fernando Rosas one zero zero at gmail dot com. Dot com. And I stand by what I've been saying for months now, which is that I'll happily play anybody that lost money to me on the app live. All of the information presented in this video does not prove anything. But now, to actually prove I was not cheating, let's go back in time, in the special time machine my hacker developed for me. Wait, did I say my hacker? And the video ends there. Oh my goodness, that, hey, that's how, hilarious. Uh, I might have I missed it. How do these two know each other? I assume that he lived like in South Florida, but... It's, 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 never made cl- it's never made clear how they know each other. I could ask her. I mean, I, probably, I, I could probably ask her. from... The game, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably from the game. Yeah, I could ask her though; she'll yeah. tell me. So, yeah, I think at the end. Hey, what did I say? My hacker? The, did, Maybe there's some uh, the consensual motorboat going on too. Who knows? I mean, listen. My opinion, and like I said, all all I've done is I've read the, the thread on the, the one site and then on the fraud site, and you know my experience of the game, the fact that he's offering ten percent free rolls or profits. The people you know that that find him new customers. 
you know, it's like the old cliche. If it smells like a rat, it's a rat. And to me, it smells like a rat. Something smells up here. It just doesn't seem kosher. Well, this, I don't know. I've this, no proof. This is what I, I think. Know. This is Never what I think. Yeah, this is what I think. And, I, of course, I have no proof of this. This is my theory. But like Jason said, how can you fade all that? I mean, you know, the 10%, that's huge. Yeah, it is. You're just it is giving huge. it away and you're still feeding the best players. Something just isn't right. I, I th- This is my a theory. 10% I, alone should be enough that, that you can't win. My, my theory is I, I believe that he is a smart guy and that he does, uh, he does he's very good with, with math, and, math and statistics. And I think that he probably has put a lot of effort into solving the game and probably did so with computers and may, may have developed some kind of helper app, maybe a bot, maybe just kind of helper he uses in the background that, uh, allow, that, that analyzes the stuff for him. And that, uh, you know, for example, you don't have to directly interface with the app. He could be playing on the app and have his computer open right next to it and enter in the cards. Open face is a slow game. It's not blazing fast. You can easily do all this without any kind of noticeable delay. And then the, you know... No, that's actually not true. Because you get into a rhythm when you're playing. And you're not... You know, if you're like, today I was playing like five different people. We're just boom, hand after hand after hand. Now, of course, someone has to get up and, you know, go to the bathroom or make a phone call. And you stop for a couple minutes. But it's not as if when you play this. And I've played this with a lot of people. There's not long pauses. No, but it, not, it doesn't have to be long. But it doesn't have to be long. You just enter cards in with the cards that you see in front of you. You enter it onto your program. It's very fast. You can do this in seconds. Right, but when you say it's a, it's not a, it's not a fast game, that's not an accurate statement because many times. I mean, now there's people that will play it, you know, leisurely, like they'll make a move, and your friend makes a move later in the day. But when you know, sometimes people will sit down and they'll agree. Okay, I have an hour. I have two hours. Let's play. And it's just hand after hand after hand after hand. You but what I'm saying is that there, there you're going to have like a minute between moves or something. It's not going to be it's not going to be seconds in between. At the moves most, yes. So that's at the I'm most. Saying. You can easily that's enter, still fast. Yeah, but you can easily enter that's, this I mean, in. That's faster you, than any form of live poker. I mean, yes, that, you but, know, a minute but, between but if it's moves right next fast. to you, if it's right next to you, you can add it. You can enter this in very quickly and have the 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 helper app or the bot telling you what to do that that you or a friend of yours wrote. It's possible he has a friend from back in Stanford that's uh that, that's a good programmer. He's he's the good math and statistics guy, and they they developed this together and say, hey, we're going to crush this app now. And that's why he was giving uh, such uh, such a, a sweet deal to everybody and, and, and was beating them because maybe what, what he was showing in this long segment J- about Jason Mercier, which I'm not going to play, was, was all the, with, with all the points that Jason Mercier was giving up on average from the wrong moves he was making. But if you want to believe that this is true and that even really good players like Jason Mercier are making mistakes that would be that egregious compared to a computer playing perfectly. Well, then if you do have a computer playing perfectly or near perfectly, then you do have a big edge. That's going to apply to everybody. Yeah, right. Apply to any form of poker. I know, but you, you'll have a big yeah. edge, and if he's using a bot, then, then then that would make sense. And and you may say, well, then why is he willing to play people? Li- why do you play people live? Why is he doing challenges now? Well, the thing is here: if you have learned, if you have a bot that's helping you play, and you're learning certain unorthodox moves that you would have thought were incorrect, but the bot proved to you were correct uh, from its analysis, uh, you you will feel that you learn from it, and you'll feel you don't need it. And that's probably if he was botting, that would make sense that he, maybe he felt that he learned enough from the bot. He wasn't just a monkey pressing buttons. You know, he everything he was doing, if if he was using a bot in the background telling him what to do, he was watching what he was being told to do and learning from it. So that's why I believe if he was using a bot, why it would be reasonable for him to feel, okay, I've learned enough from it. I bet I can beat these people live now without the help of the bot. 
Right. So, so he took now a, f- a couple points here, if if I may, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. The first thing, I don't think anything Jason did was wrong. I think it's the same correlation as if, say, Trader Ruski called me and said, "Hey, uh, your friend Dan or this guy Dan that you know wants to play me in in this game. What do you think?" And if Dan, I think it'd be a good spot, or if I thought it was suspect, I'd say, "You know what? I would. I'd pick a better spot. I'd stay away from it." You know, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's basically how it started out. You know, he just was advising people that his friends that were coming to him. It wasn't as if we understand. It wasn't as, as if he was announcing this, that he was posting it. You know, it was people coming to him, asking him directly what his opinion was and if they should play him, not play him. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think Jason did anything wrong. If you if you have friends or, or even just uh, close peers that you – Want, that they ask you, or even if you know that someone is seeking action with them that you believe might be a cheater, then it, it's right to tell them. It's right to warn them. Hey, this guy, I think something's not right with him. Just decline his action, and you, it, it may be it may suck for the guy if he's being wrongly accused. But you've got to protect the people that you're close to, or that you that you care about. Even you care about a little, like someone. Like let's just take someone on, on poker fraud alert. You know, like a let's say just some radio listener that I'm not close friends with, but I see in the radio chat every week, and that I generally like. If if I hear someone's going to play him heads up, who's known to be a cheater in some way. I will, or there's rumors he's a cheater in some way. I will let this person know that hey, this person has rumor of being a cheater. Like that's just letting now, someone know, and that's not there's right. nothing wrong with that. Now the other thing that I, I thought of that was notable was I read in Jason's post how when he played Fernando played Natasha, it's Jason's wife now live, that he did not play well and he lost. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's a big loss, apparently, I think, the, in Atlantis in early 2016, and Fernando's defense was live is very different from the app. It really isn't. And, and I know there are a lot of people that are listening that maybe don't know, you know, much about open-faced Chinese or what that even means. But when you play live versus playing on an app, there's only really one main difference now, you know, besides the fact that you're, you know, you're using your hands with the cards instead of, you know, just swiping. But that's the fact that when you use the app, there's a feature called the sort feature. And what the sort feature does, you press it. And uh, when you're in fantasy land, you can display your cards in order by rank or by suit. And it just makes it easier to see your hands. You know, to, to see if, if, you know, a straight, a flush, what you want to play where. Meaning, if you do it by suit, it's going to show you, you know, okay, I have, I can see right here. I have five diamonds. Okay, it's an easy decision. You look at your other hands. You know, you don't have any other flush. You don't have three of a kind, so you can't put a full house anywhere, et cetera, et cetera. So when you play live, obviously, you don't have that feature, but everything else remains the same. Now, of course, it's slower playing live, Um you know, and but you can sort your cards the same way that you could that the app would do. It's just it's more cumbersome and it's just it's more time consuming. So, wh- whatever my skill level is, it would 100% correlate with whether I play live or if I play on an app. You know, the the only difference would be you know I would need to go slower just to make sure that my cards. You know, when you get 14 cards, when you know you're in fantasy land, most cases you get 14 cards. Um. You know, so you have to spread them out and you have to determine, you know, what, what your best, you know, various five-card hand, your second five-card hand, assuming you're not playing like deuce in the middle, but whatever. And the app does that for you. But other than that, there's there's no difference. 
Um, so I thought that was kind of strange that he got killed playing live and he kind of said, well, there's a big difference. I mean, there, there isn't a big difference other than just, you know, the fact that it's faster and the computer does some of that work for you, but you're still telling it where to put what cards. I mean, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it, no, I understand not, what you're saying, but I, I have to disagree yeah. here because I, I've even seen it hold them, which, you know, you said you have to deal with two cards that people who move from, online only to live it, it just can be overwhelming it can just be a different atmosphere they, they can just be uncomfortable they're much slower they, they seem confused i've seen well, this of course times. Was, and i agree it's going to be slower but it doesn't change the skill level no i've seen I mean, this you're still I, i've seen it at too, your cards i know but whether I've seen it's it through too, a phone or in front of you i know but I've, I've still seen it where people just they're just not themselves because they're in an environment it's almost like a, a sports team being on the road they're still playing the same well, game but they but you but, remember you remember after black friday when all these kids that in some cases never played live or in other cases you know played very very few times live and they came into casinos and they had trouble holding the cards you know they string bets all that stuff just because they, they were used to holding a mouse and having it do all the work but after a while and you know not there's not like a huge learning curve i mean i probably call it the same as maybe learning to ride a bike or maybe drive a car you know something that takes a couple months you know, it's not like you're talking years of practice, but after a certain small, you know, period of, of just getting used to it, the correlation should be the same. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know what the timeline is on this or if, or if he changed much in how he was playing. I, I don't know when this, like, the, the aces and eights hand was. I, I don't know, but, but uh, yeah. I, okay, well, I just want people to know that, that are listening that don't really understand what we've been talking about that seems foreign. When you play live versus an app, everything is the same. The rules are the same. Points are the same. The only the only main difference is you have to physically sometimes you know hold thirteen cards or fourteen cards in your hand and you know put them in order. But I mean, how hard is that really to do? I don't play a lot of live. You know, I play very rarely live. You know, the open face Chinese, and I could do it. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, you, I, you I, know, I, line I, up your cards by suit. Huh? I, and I'll say this, and we've we got to move on because I don't have much time left. But uh, I'll say this: I, I understand everything you're saying. I, I will say that the the I played differently because it was live, and I, I was confused. Excuse that one actually did resonate with me. Uh, a lot of the other stuff he said didn't. And and uh, if I had to guess, I would guess that something was going on that shouldn't have. And that if if I if someone said. What's your theory? You ha- you have to make a guess. You have to make a statement right now. What you think happened? I would say I think he was using a bot or some kind of helper program in the background, and that's why when he played law, and then he believed that taught him enough. You know what? I guess what I'm saying is if you if you Dan Druff went and you sat down with whoever it was you were playing, and you said that your opponent either in advance or at the table, look, I've never played live before. I you know this is my first time. I've played a lot on an app. You know I'm going to be a little bit slow at first. You know, and the other party understands, you know, they're not expecting a very expedited, fast game. You're going to be able to handle it. There's, I mean, do you understand what I'm no, saying? No, I know what you're saying. Your time, but, but I know what you're it's, saying. It's not I'm like just saying if, night if, and day. It isn't. It isn't I'm night just and saying day. If, you're, if you're in an, an environment where you're feeling unfamiliar or kind of confused, that it can affect a lot of things. It, can, it, it, it actually can make you a worse player because it takes your mind off of your A game. If you're, if you're not feeling comfortable at the moment, it, it can ruin everything. And it, it, I, I compare it again to a, a sports team being on the road. Uh, and, and being Okay, distracted but you know what? At the same time, someone that's killing everyone, killing everyone, even if they have some trouble, they're not going to go from this dominating, amazing, you know, player to just being 
worse than an and average I, and player. I agree. That's just I, too I much of a drop yes, off. I agree with that, and that's now we don't we only have Natasha's report, so that's and then I've heard some people saying that Natasha's a sore loser at other times, and she's accused people of cheating falsely before. I don't know if that's true, but so there's a lot of complications to this. But I would say right now, right. my gut feeling is that there was something going on that that shouldn't have been. But with with Jacqueline, and did you I, see those? Did you see his Twitter? <clears throat> Them tweeting to Phil Helmings and tweeting that I mean, literally every pro. Did you see it? No. But Look at his Twitter if you have some time. It, it, it's 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 just very strange. It, it, a it's lot like of a, it was like a, a almost like a copy or not almost it was like a copy and paste tweet that he sent out to basically every big name poker player yeah. over and over and over again, it, and then it, offering them people he didn't even know. He's like Phil, fine. I've been wanting to play you in Chinese. If you can, you know. Whatever, find the other players. I'll give you a ten percent free roll. Yeah, that, that like, was. It, so I, I agree that, and that was that was one of the things that struck me as off, and many others as off from the start. There that the, the way he was seeking action and offering these ten percent free rolls. You think those weird. kind of people that have been in this industry all these years are going to just say, "Okay, let's play with this no name. I have no idea who he is for big stakes." Yeah, like, on, on, insane, an, on an app just, that on an app that wasn't created right. for real money. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, it, 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 you know Barry Greenstein lost a fortune because of that other app. I know the, he the, the ABC app, yeah. he didn't have money then, but he was paying people and he was yep. getting cheated. Yep. big time. No, we, we've talked about so, it on the shows. It's foolish to play on apps like that unless you really know the. And if anybody is listening, uh, I, I'll say this: the old app that everyone used to play on, it's called ABC Poker. Do not, I repeat, do not ever play. Unless it's a relative or, or, or a close, close or, friend or, or if it's not for that money. you really <laughs> trust yeah. for money. And if you want to know why, you can go to YouTube and just type in ABC Poker Hack. And you'll actually see a video of somebody that hacked it just to show that it could be done. Yep. And you could determine whatever cards you want and what the other player receives. So it's called ABC Poker. Do not, and it's still out there. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it is. Well, funny enough, it costs money. I think it's like five bucks to, to download it and five more dollars if you want the deuce version but never play on that that app for money yeah. especially against a stranger okay well i got i got to move i only have like an hour left here so let me let me move on to tom Dwan. what the hell is going on where do you got i'm in i'm in a secret location i can't i can't go that late here I'm in a secret location. But I'm what happens to... at like what happens when the, it expires? I, I, I turn. Do you have an engagement, or do you have to be meet someone? No, my my, uh, my my car turns into a pumpkin. It's like a gremlin or something. You can't uh, do a podcast after midnight. Yeah, I, I can't. No, Jeff, Jeff has to pay a new day of internet at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to shut the show down. That's probably the most likely. <laughs> okay, so here's the. Uh... All right, listen, real fast, off the cuff, you mentioned in the opening. About Vito Akilich, I'm a very big uh, 80s movie fan, especially Bond fan, and also a Duran Duran fan. Do you remember what was the name in that movie that you saw when you were 13 years old of the villain who was played by Christopher Walken? No, I don't. I I haven't seen it since 85, so no. Okay. Hmm. Do you remember... Uh, Fuck, I'm trying to think. Oh, he had the blimp with his... I, I can't think of it either. He had the blimp with his name on it. The antagonist, you know, Christopher Walken with the blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, 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 The Trader Ruski, Calawat, you guys are all the same age. You don't remember? Yeah, but I have no idea. Yeah, Everyone's drawing a blank. Oh, fuck. What about the chat? Is there a chat? Window there is, but we somewhere? have to move on, though. I'm not going to finish everything. We've got to move on. We, we, I, we, any any yeah. other night, we, we do this for a while. I just, I, I can't tonight. We got to move on. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So, so Tom Dwan is is now he's back in the news that he may have 
ripped off even more people as far as money that he owes that he can't pay and maybe some other shady things that could have happened that made this occur. What we're talking about here is the possibility that has not been verified fully, but looks very much like it, that he owes a large sum of money to Haralabos, also known as Haralabob Vulgaris. This all started on March 7th, only two days ago, where Haralabos tweeted to him, Hey, at Tom Dwan, been trying to get a hold of you. Max Zorin, by the way. Sorry. That's it, Max Zorin. Zorin. Sorry. Yeah, I remember that now. Hey, Tom Dwan, I've been trying to get a hold of you, in parentheses, I'm sure you can guess why. Can you message me with your correct contact info? That was publicly tweeted by Haralabos Vulgaris two days ago. And so, of course, people said, well, I'm sure you can guess why. Probably has to do with mm-hmm. Dwan owing money. But then he sent that same text to the Maloofs right before they sold the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> but here is the here's an interesting appearance by Haralabos Vulgaris on that famous softball player Chicago Joey's show last year where this is referenced Tom is not named but it seems to match. Listen to this. I have a funny story for you though actually. I don't know if you want to Involves a poke like a former NVG superhero. I'll say that NVG superhero. This is Haralabos Vulgaris talking. NVG referring to news, views, and gossip on two plus two, and he's saying a superhero, referring to someone that they really admired on there, someone that that everyone was always following and, and watching what they were doing and really looked up to. So he's saying that an NVG superhero ripped him off. So let's hear how it happened. I won't mention his name. But this is like the closest to me getting rolled by someone conned. Let's take a step back. Uh, sorry, I was playing it for it was a video in a video. So, so that that was uh, that was uh, about a year ago that Haralbos appeared on there, and then uh, listen to this now. Sorry. So I had a guy, and people can maybe speculate in the chat as to who it might have been. Uh, I won't say who it is. But this person either lied about having a big account that we could bet. So this guy owes me a lot of money, this person I'm talking about. Like seven figures. Seven figures. Seven figures he's talking about this person owes him. He's about to go into why. That means that person owes him at least... One million dollars. Let's go on here. Uh, And he was placing bets for me through a bookmaker who either existed and didn't pay him. Well, actually, no, the, the book the bookmaker definitely existed. So anyways, I had this guy who was making bets on my behalf, this NVG superhero. Uh, and then I haven't gotten paid in, since like 2013, since it happened, or 2012, I guess, 2012. So let's talk about this. This is about five years ago. What he's talking about here is that there was someone who had an account, um, some some sort of uh, bookmaker, probably, uh, probably a sports betting site, but uh, had an account somewhere where he could place large bets. And presumably, he doesn't say this, but presumably uh, this bookmaker probably would not have given the same limits to Haralabos Vulgaris, who's a very well-known successful sports better, uh, as they would to this person who was probably a big degenerate. And they felt that they could win a lot of money off this degenerate who, who you know, just bets and isn't necessarily good at sports. So, so what I think he's trying to say here is that 
knowing this degenerate who had very high limits and wouldn't be under suspicion for being a professional sports better, he had this guy place bets on his behalf. So he said to this NVG superhero, hey, can you place these large bets for me on this site or, or, or this bookmaker, whatever that, uh, yeah, and then pay me when they pay you if I win, and I'll pay you if I lose. And what what this MVG superhero got out of it, I don't know. But what what he's start, starting to say here is he's not even sure that the guy was really placing the bets with these bookmaker with this bookmaker, but may have just been quietly booking the action himself. So it, it's very simple. Let's let's say I have access to a, a sports book, and they give me uh, a limit of a hundred thousand dollars per bet because they don't think I'm very good. And uh, Haralobos Vulgaris comes to me and says, hey, look, they won't give me any limits like this, but I, I want to bet amounts like that. So can you place uh, $100,000 on, on today's uh, Lakers money line? And I say, okay, and I place it. That's what he wants me to do. But what if I say, hey, you know what? I actually like the other side of this. So instead of actually placing this, I'm going to just say I placed it. And then if, uh, if, if he wins... Then I'll hold him the money, and if if he if he loses, then he'll pay me. Now, if you're doing that, then as long as you're really paying the guy, it doesn't really matter that much if you're actually placing the bet with the bookmaker. But what if you're broke? We're very close to broke, and this is a way for you to free roll bets off a guy like Haralobos Vulgaris, where if you beat him, then he pays you. You know, if if he loses, then he pays you, and you actually haven't bet the money anywhere, so you make money. But if he wins, well, then you just don't pay him, and that's what I believe that Haralbos thinks happened. And so now I'm wondering if the guy even actually made the bets, or if he just didn't actually make the bets with the bookmaker. The bookmaker didn't exist. Something happened. I don't know. It's a weird situation. But I'm wondering if people can actually guess who it is. I'll be shocked if people know. It might be. Well, it's not E Dog. People think it's E Dog. Yeah, yeah. so, so he's saying uh, it's not. It's not Eric Lindgren. These people would guess that, but but uh, he's saying I, I, people are shocked if they know who it might be. Probably because Tom Dwan, if it is him, is not associated with with Haralbos Vergaris very much, to my knowledge. Yeah, it's not Eric Lindgren. No, uh, it's Tom, Tom Dwan. It's Tom Dwan. Maybe in the in the realm of, of possibility for this one. I mean, I'm not going to say who it is. It's oh, so there you go. So so that was so that's that's the clip. So Chicago Joey about a year ago guessed is a Tom Dwan, and then instead of saying no, no, it's not him either. Notice he said it's not E Dog, it's not Eric Lindgren, but he said what about Tom Dwan? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say who it is. So that's so that was about a year ago, but now he's tweeting to Tom Dwan two days ago, saying I'm trying to get a hold of you. I'm sure you know why. So it, it looks to me, and again, this is a matter that happened uh, four or five years ago. But it looks like, though we don't have any confirmation, that something like this probably happened, that Tom Dwan was broke. Remember, this is after Black Friday. This is after the full tilt gravy train was derailed. And Tom Dwan was assumed to have a lot of money playing these big games in Macau, etc., etc. But he may have been broke, and he may have been placing these bets, supposedly, for Haralbos, when in reality he was booking the action himself and free-rolling him. So... Uh, and, and if he wasn't free-rolling him, then he was booking the action himself and not being honest about doing that because obviously he couldn't pay or didn't want to pay and screwed him. So uh, I, I think that Tom Dwan is an excellent guess at this point. And it, it probably is the one that Haralobos was ta- talking about on that interview about a year ago. What, what do you guys think? 
Not everybody at once now. Cal White, you there? That would make sense to me because I don't know how who else is getting that kind of credit. Yeah. But it just seems dumb to want to book Aralibus's bet, knowing his history of sports betting. Right. So he was, I, I'm thinking that too. So that's why I think it was more of a free roll. Then it's not. Then it's it not. It certainly dumb. does sound like Dwan. You know, from the way he's describing everything. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and and I agree. Like if if you're going to be booking anyone's bets yourself. That's the wrong guy to do it to. Unless you're planning not to pay, then it doesn't matter. So, oh, isn't one of the guys that Juan was associated with that Paul Fua? Is yeah. he allegedly a bookie? Yes. I mean, yeah, maybe that maybe that's you know, who the, maybe that's who the bookmaker was. It's a good point, right? He, he didn't say it was an online bookmaker. He just said it was a bookmaker. So maybe, and he said he said right? it exists. So yeah, maybe that's it was. Who he hangs out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah but if they're such good friends, he's going to take that type of action under a fake name, basically. Well, you know, the thing is, there may not have been action. Tom Dwan may have said to Haralbus, "Hey, I know, I know Paul Fua. I can get, I can place big bets with him, and he'll think it's coming from me." But then, in reality, he told Paul nothing and just, uh, you know, right, book, booked it himself, and then just kept the money. When yeah. hoped, hoped that Haralbus would lose. He didn't. Haralbus won, and then instead of paying him, obviously, he just you know, ran off. So that's that, that's what my guess is what happened here. Wouldn't he be uh, kind of betraying his triad masters though? If he, did that? he would be, but you know, broke people get desperate and do. It seems things. like a danger if, if that is what happened. I mean, if it was, if that is what did happen, that seems like a dangerous game. You know? Yeah. But but, but you're, you're kind of uh, I shouldn't say you're cutting out here. It it sounds like maybe you're putting the phone in the wrong spot to where I can't hear you as well. Okay, hold on. That's better. Right now, we just said, hold on. That was better. Is that any better? Yes. All right, good. It kind of sounded like it was like rubbing on your chin or something. I don't know. All right. So, okay, let's, uh, next topic here. Uh, there's a scammer back from 2011 named Eric Conti. And he's around, I think, around 40 years old now, 39, something like that. Uh, he ran a pretty typical scam on 2 Plus 2 back in 2011. He started a post under the name Rags Master. He, he loved to talk about it, Rags. His name was uh, online was Only Play Rags with a Z at the end. And then his name on 2 Plus 2 was Rags Master. So he started out, this is April 22nd, 2011, six years ago. Hi, everyone. My name is Eric Conti. I'm 34 years old. I have four boys, including 12-year-old twins I adopted two years ago. I've been playing professionally online for about five years now. I am currently backed uh, by blah, 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 doesn't matter, and I'm part of a large group of players who attend weekly Skype sessions with some of the game's top mid- and high-stakes tourney pros. The arrangement has been in place for over 18 months now. So anyway, he goes on and proposes a stake. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's not important. But it was a stake for a bunch of World Series events for the 2011 World Series, uh, a wide-ranging group of events starting on June 1st, 2011, uh, which was the 1500 uh, uh, Omaha 8, all the way through July 7, 2011, the $10,000 main event. The total buy-ins that he was looking for was uh, $47,000 worth. He was marking up 20%, and uh, he was trying to sell 80% of himself. And because people actually did vouch for him that he was in these Skype groups and that he seemed to be a good player and he did have a, uh, a winning record on PokerStars and he was able to prove it. 
a lot of people said, yeah, this, this looks like a good investment. And he sold out. For uh, how much was the size of his package that he was selling? The he, total he, he was selling. He sold over $45,000 worth, uh, including the markup. So that was, you know, he, he was selling 80% of 47K worth of events at 20% markup. So it, it broke out to uh, over 45K was sent to him to, to play the World Series. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I mean, unless someone is doing it for other reasons, when someone is selling eighty percent of themselves, I mean they're broke. Yeah, right, you know? right. So, so he, so all he did was play. Of all those events, he played a whopping single event of twenty five hundred dollar eight game and ran off with the rest of the money. <laughs> and and strangely enough, he actually cashed in that event. He actually cashed fifty seven hundred dollars, so he made thirty two hundred dollars there. So he was one for one, but he ran off with the rest of the money, including the money he he cashed there. And uh, so there it went. Now this is a fairly common scam, not to minimize it, but it it's not worth talking about. Hey, this happened six years ago. You know, I wouldn't have brought it up otherwise, even if I had just read it. Just because he touches boys' penises. Exactly. Thank you, Brandon. That's exactly why. He touches boys' penises. He really does. So he, here's the key. At the beginning of that post I read, he said he recently adopted twin 12-year-old boys two years ago, meaning in 2009. Now, that's a weird thing to do. You already have two kids. Very few people tend to want to adopt older kids, especially ones that are as old as 10. Uh, usually when people adopt uh, older kids, it's... Uh, it's usually because it's like a relative that can't take care of them anymore or whatever. But but he just, you know, I guess he, he was a family friend, but that was already a little strange. But okay, you know, may, maybe the family friend, uh, the, the, uh, the kids taken away, went to prison, whatever. And, you know, it was up to him to adopt the kids. So he adopted twin 12-year-old, twin 10-year-old boys in 2009. In 2014, just three years after this post and scam, he was accused of molesting them, both boys. I was about to say, Gruff, I mean, or if it's a pedo bear thing, you know? Yeah, he was accused of molesting them between 2011 and 2014. And keep in mind, that means right around when he ran this scam was when the molestation had been starting. So he was he was really getting... You know, what a shitty, what a shitty thing, because these, these kids, right... They're already obviously in, in not the best situation in life if they're being adopted at, at 10 years old. And then they get adopted by some guy who's going to fucking diddle them. I mean, what a yeah, it was fucking horrible. joke. Then for three years, so for three years he did this. And apparently uh, he, he would molest them, you know, he'd molest one in front of the other. So w- w- the other would be watching as he'd molest one and vice versa. So it was really, really awful, really awful guy. And so in 2014... He was accused of this. Apparently, uh, and there's not that much detail, the police established a pretty damn strong case against him through what's known as a controlled phone call. A controlled phone call is where the police have the victim call up the the, the person that uh, they're accusing of committing a crime against them and attempt to, you know, they talk to the, they talk to the alleged criminal and... Tr- you know, of course, the police aren't supposed to be listening in. The, the, the criminal thinks that they're just being called by the victim and, and try to get the criminal to admit to things. So basically, the boys 
called him up with the police recording it and listening in, saying, you know, hey, can you stop this? Can you stop doing what you've been doing to us? We really, really don't like it. Please stop it. This is really hurting us. Please stop. And, and he said something. It's not clear. They didn't make it clear. But he said something during these calls that basically acknowledged that, yes, he's been doing this. Where, of course, like if you got a call from, from boys that you were not molesting, saying, hey, can you stop molesting me? The first thing you'd say is, what? What are you talking about? I've never done yeah, anything like exactly. that. Like, you, you wouldn't, are you talking about? Yeah, you wouldn't say something like, well, okay, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I, I, I did go too far. I shouldn't be doing that. Like you, it, once you say that, it, it, it's, it's establishing guilt, and clearly you're guilty. So, so something like right. that happened, and uh, he was arrested in, in 2014. Uh, there, there was an article on uh, WESH.com, W-E-S-H.com, about the, uh, the accusation, but he was just recently sentenced. Uh, he was sentenced to eight-year concurrent sentences. He was convicted in November 2016. He was sentenced in December to two concurrent eight-year sentences, which stinks because that means he gets to serve both sentences at once. I never understood that. How could he be sentenced for two things, two separate things, and then serve the serve them together? How can you serve two sentences at once? I know and, you can. And drop, but, don't, but, you know, eight years? For, for doing this to kids, I mean, for, don't lock up fucking people that are smoking some weed. Lock this fucking guy up. Yeah, that's what's unbelievable. The eight years, especially, you know, he did this over a three-year period of two boys in a disgusting fashion, one, one in front of the other, and eight years that he serves concurrently can't even be consecutively. He, he gets to serve them both at the same time as if there's only one sentence. So, so anyway, according to analysis of this sentence, according to Florida law, this is in Florida, he will likely be released in the year 2022, which is only five years from now. So that's, uh, you know, he, now he's been in prison since 2014, but, but he'll likely be released in 2022, which is amazing that you can do this to, uh, to these young boys for three straight years and only spend eight years in prison. I mean, when they establish... There's actually a, a, a little bit of a hack into this. I'm just getting a message as well. On Facebook, uh, Raymond Davis is taking them under his wings. The boys, <laughs> oh god, come on! <laughs> You're gonna drive away all our uh, real grinders <laughs> listeners. I'm trying to build up here. So okay, uh, so the is that uh, your tell that that was a little Facebook group that uh, you posted in? I, I guess I did just give a tell. Th- thank you for that was a tell. Now, now what's going to happen is that uh, people are going to sneak into the free roll and use that as the see. Well, but the free roll is already done. I guess that's a good point. No, but they could have already won it, though. They, and then hope easy. that you gave a tell to then say that later? I mean, that's a little bit of a stretch. No, but they, like, what, what if someone won it, like, or some Russian wins it, and then says, oh, now I have an excuse. Okay, so if a Russian won it, and they've been listening all this time, and they can tell you in clear, edible, or audibly enough to express that, they are a part of Raymond Davis's Real Grinders. Just give it to them anyhow. I, I the mean, Russians, that's the a big have been, They've been very interested in my site this year. They've been very interested in poker fraud alerts, the Russians. So, well, every time I log in now from this one computer, I get, it gives me this warning that I shouldn't log in. It says that uh, PFA is not safe, that it's known for... Are, are, you, are you really getting under, that, too? Or I, I know beer and poker posts. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. It's only on my MacBook. On my on my Surface book, it doesn't do that. Yeah, I'm going to have to when look When I'm on my it. MacBook Pro, I get a message telling me that I shouldn't... Uh, remember Donk Down? Do you want to know what that is? Yeah, yeah, what, what like is that? Is, what is that? So, Google recently made a change in Chrome that if you have any kind of login on your website... 
and you're not running HTTPS, you will get that warning. Oh, that's horrible. Okay. And that's, that's oh. what it is. That's horrible. Okay. Well, maybe I'll have so, to put it on. Weird, it, only does it, on, it only does it on Mac devices. It doesn't uh, do it on any of my Windows. What a joke. What a joke. Well, it's going to it's get very scary. stricter and stricter. This is their initial kind of, uh, push to move everyone to HTTPS. Anywhere where there's a login form for anything, it's going to say it's not secure yeah. uh, if you're not running HTTPS. And it's going to get more and more uh, kind of locked down from that point of view. So okay. it's not something you can just No, avoid. I know. It's, it's stupid. But, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying here. Okay. I so, can show you how to set up a free certificate anyway. Let it keep going. Yeah. Okay. So so anyway, this uh, – so that, that, that happened with this guy. So – Sometimes these scumbags who scam, there's a lot worse to them than just the financial aspect. Sometimes uh, they have other things going on in the background. And this all happened at the same time. They, they, they keep in mind that he adopted these twins and didn't molest them for two years by the twins' own admission. So for the first two years between 09 and 11, for whatever reason, he didn't molest them. And then in 11, he decided to both scam people and molest the twins. I'm wondering if maybe him going busto triggered something in him to where he just threw caution to the wind. Like maybe he wanted to molest them for those two years, but held back. But then once he went busto, he just, I've heard before when people like lose a lot of money gambling, they strangely feel like they, now they have to behave badly because like they, they, they feel like they almost have to. Trust. Trust. What? You don't, you don't take a bad beat and then want to suddenly. No, molest no, I, I think he wanted to the whole, I think he wanted to the whole time, but I think he was stopping himself for two years and then, and right. then he, uh, he went busto and then he, he decided that was kind yeah, of like, but, like but some this guy probably, he, you know, probably the whole adoption thing was premeditating this in some way. You know? Yeah, it's it's possible that he did this and waited two years to establish enough of a relationship with them to start doing it. Maybe that's what he did. But uh, it's, also, it's already bizarre that this guy is adopting these ten-year-old twins. I mean, no, no, I'm I'm sure he had that. I'm sure he was a pedophile, and when he adopted them, it was just to, it was just to want to be close to kids, and, you know, and, and he was thinking about this. And then he, uh, right. I don't know, it could have been one of these two things. It could have been that you know that. He'd been thinking about it the whole time, and going busto kind of just was the uh, the trigger to make him actually start doing it. Or he just need, felt he needed two years to get close enough to them to where he felt they wouldn't say anything. Wait, huh? What did you just say? Making but going busto made him I, I, contemplate I, I've, molesting kids. I've seen it before, where people who lose all their money gambling go in this spiral where they start doing other bad things that before they wouldn't have done. Now, I believe that this guy the whole time. Uh, had a desire to molest children. I, I believe the d- adoption probably was at least partially or maybe fully for that reason, but there were two years where he wasn't molesting them, and it was either because he was trying to build up their trust or because he just uh, was considering it, and then this was kind of the catalyst. I don't believe that. I, I strongly disagree. I don't think there's any... I mean, that'd be like saying, okay, so someone like Durr, for instance, that you, you think that that could lead him to... Or anyone, I mean, any gambler, Ted Forrest, has been, is broke, he had a warrant out for his arrest. I mean, I don't. I don't. No, no. Think I know if there's you already have proven correlation. No, no, no. I'm not saying. Huh? I'm saying if you already have the, if you already forget the molesting kids thing. If you have the desire sometimes to do bad things, whatever it is, so some kind of bad thing you think I'd kind of like to do this, but no, 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 I shouldn't do this for whatever reason. You're afraid of getting in trouble. You don't think it's right. Wait, well, when you say when you say bad things, you mean illegal things, it, like it, yes, despicable things, it, or it, just bad things? It, like, it, it, okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, bad thing to me, going into a strip club and trying to get laid or getting a blowjob. 
despicable, like death penalty molesting you know young boys and making okay, them watch. Right. Well, so both, I don't understand it's what actually you both. Mean. It's bad thing. It's actually actually both. It could be anything that that you that 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 isn't good to be doing. Either something could be harmful to yourself or harmful to uh, other people. Uh, and and you know something that's relatively minor, something that's really major like this, but that you've been you've been wanting to do it kind of, but you also kind of don't want to for various reasons. And then when you go busto gambling, your, your inhibitions go out the window. Where the, what, what was keeping you from doing it before goes out the window. That's I'm not saying it brings on the desire to molest children. That that would never happen. I'm saying that if you already have it in you to want to do that, and you've thought about it a lot. But but you've kept yourself. Well, you're just doing talking. It. Uh, you, basically, the, what it seems you're describing is just hopelessness. Yeah, like a hopelessness, but, I mean, and a lot, like a loss of self control. Yeah. yeah. So that that's that's what I'm saying. Like like a, a prostitute's a good example. Like like guys who have thought about going to a prostitute, but say no, 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 I shouldn't do that. And then they go busto gambling. They're like, okay, I, I think I, I think I'm going to go to a prostitute now. Like that's that, that's a much more minor version of something like this than, than going to molest kids. But it's something that someone was already considering, something that they already kind of had it in them to do, but just weren't doing before, and then that triggers them to do it. Not that it causes them to have the desire. Obviously, this guy was a pedophile from the start. Obviously, you know, maybe even for his whole life, his whole adult life, that he's thought about molesting kids, or maybe even has done it before and hasn't been caught. Like, you, you don't just wake up one day in your 30s and say, hey, I want to molest little kids. Like, you don't... No, no one does that. In your 30s, no one comes up with that idea for the first time. So Yeah, and but and this fucking guy, man, I mean, these kids has were in some kind of a rough situation and they, they said, Oh, thank God someone is gonna take care of us, someone is gonna, you know, uh take bring us out of this whatever terrible situation they were in that caused them to have to be adopted at ten years old. And the guy who does it ends up being a guy who did it just to fucking molest them. Yeah, I mean, Fuck it, this guy. It's, it's horrible. Lock him up for more than eight years, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. I know. I agree. I, I, no, it's just, I, I've always felt that molesters of children who are under 14, uh, these these people, they they have no redeeming qualities, and there's no way to rehabilitate them. There's no there's no way that's ever been proven they can rehabilitate them. They, they always still have that desire to. They're always a danger to reoffend. Once Once you've proven... With certainty that they did it. I'm not just saying if someone makes some accusation out of the blue that you can't substantiate, but if it's proven, like it was in this case where he's acknowledging on the phone that he did it with the police recording him. Once it's proven, certainly, that they did this, I feel that guys like that should be locked up for life. So uh, they should never get out, otherwise, they're going to do it again. I, I, I knew someone like this. I, my soccer coach in 1984. He uh, he molested kids on the team. He was he he molested kids on the team that volunteered to go work at at his skate shop, of which I volunteered for, but I wasn't picked because I was too late to raise my hand. But but he could have tried to molest me. He could have molested mm. me. But this this guy, after he went to prison for that, got out and molested a hundred boys after that. A hundred. He was one of the worst. How molesters. long was he in jail, bro? Not even that long. Like 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 something like eight years, six years, eight years, something crappy like that he got out uh founded like a a children's underwear company i'm not even kidding like a children's bathing suit and underwear company and then and then invited all these different boys over to his house to spend the night who were quote modeling his 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 bathing suits and underwear and then and then uh molested like a hundred boys now he's in prison for life but he should have been in the first place so again i don't understand how people are locked up for smoking a joint and this guy people like 
this gambling guy we're talking about and people and people like your soccer coach are only in for eight years. I mean, what? Yeah. I, I, and then they get out and do it again. Do that's it. the that's the worst. The, these these child molesters they have the highest rate of reoffending when they get out. An incredibly high rate of reoffending. They, they they can't be rehabilitated. And even if they could be, they've done such harm to these kids, and we're so selfish in ruining these kids' lives. These innocent children. I don't care if they can rehabilitate. They should be in prison for life anyway. But even if you want to say, okay, if they rehabilitate, get, get them out, they can't. You can't rehabilitate these people. They will always have these desires. They will never have the self-control to stop themselves. Let me ask you this. This is a little bit off the subject, but I'm sure all of you were aware a, a month ago, Jerry Sandusky, you know, the, that horrible monster of a man, his adopted son was arrested for molestation. Several <clears throat> psychologists over the next couple of days that were on various talk shows and such claimed that that molestation is what caused him to do it again. Should there be any leniency or any sort of understanding because of those circumstances, or should he just, just like his father, be locked up in the key thrown away for the rest of his life? No, I, I, I don't think so. You, everybody, I, I, I know there's a correlation. I know this does happen. I know that uh, when that occurs, it can scar people, and then for whatever reason, this, this causes some to go do that but the, the the bottom line is you're still responsible for your own actions uh, they're, they're still aware like these, these molesters even the ones that claim that they they learn this from being molested themselves they always take great pains to cover it up they, they they know exactly what they're doing they know how illegal it is they know how wrong it is and they 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 go through a lot of effort to to where people can't figure out what's going on so that means they know well, very well what they're doing i think i think a good argument or at least in my mind, for not showing any leniency in that case, is that this is a, a guy that went through this and knows how horrible it is and how much of a detrimental effect it had on him, but decided to do it to somebody else anyway. Yeah, that's that, so. That's I true. would not show leniency in that case. I realize there is a correlation to a an increased risk of someone doing it because it was done to them, but. Still, they're going in there with a the conscious knowledge of what, how it destroys lives, and they decide to do it anyway. Yeah. So no, fuck them. I agree. Okay, so we we got to move on. There's a lot of good topics we've had to discuss tonight. We just unfortunately don't have much time. So let's move on to the cease and desist that Doug Polk got from the game well, hold show on, hold network. On. What happened to this guy, the gambler guy? Just that he's getting out of jail, and that's it. That's uh, that's, that's it. It's 2022. He's probably getting out of jail. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. That's all. That's all. Nope. That's it. So Doug Polk, he got a cease and desist notice from the Game Show Network, the current owner of High Stakes Poker, for playing clips of High Stakes Poker on 17 of Doug's videos, where basically Doug, who is trying to get going a training site, has been making a lot of effort to release a lot of videos. He's trying to be everywhere, basically, Doug Polk, so everyone becomes aware of his training site and, and buys the training videos. So that's that's why he was doing this. And it's important. That's the strategy. You got it. Yeah, and it's important to know this because it, it, that kind of plays into this whole situation, that, that he is doing this for a commercial gain. But anyway, he... Well, welcome uh, to 2004 if he thinks he's going to get rich off of the training site. Well, I know he's, that boat. he's paying good money to seriously serious to, to produce his videos, so uh, he put money into it. Anyway, he, 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 got, he got a uh, cease and desist notice from the Game Show Network that... He is to stop using the high-stakes poker clips, even ones from many years ago. 
and furthermore must take down all the clips or take down the videos in which that he's already done. So a lot of people were actually on his side on this one. It was kind of mixed. Some were on his side, some were not. But uh, his claim was that he engaged in something called fair use. And we talk about fair use on this show because uh, Bullshit. We, we, we play <laughs> clips of things all the time on this show, and, and, uh, and it's, it's about fair use. And so let me explain what fair use is for the, those of you that don't know. Fair use, it's a legal concept in the United States which allows people to reuse small portions of copyrighted works in their own works, meaning like you know, a podcast can be considered a works, uh, without compensation to the original uh, the, the, the original owner of, of the works that you're using. Uh, now, the actual definition of fair use is very vague, so it can be difficult to tell whether you have the right under fair use to use something. It allows for only small portions of a copyrighted work to be reproduced, and it can only be done for either commentary or criticism or parody. Now, parody doesn't apply here. That's things like what Weird Al Yankovic does, where he does a song called Eat It to the tune of, uh, of Beat It. And he doesn't have to get permission from Michael Jackson. That has nothing to do with this, so we're not going to talk about parody here. But commentary or criticism could be Doug's only legal defense. So in order, well, for... there is there is one other, and he actually mentions it in his video, uh, which is that if what you do is called a transformative, right? I was, work. I was just about to get to that. So 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 okay. co- yeah, commentary and criticism has to be transformative for you to be able to legally use it. Transformative means that the new work, the thing you create containing the copyrighted material has to be substantially different than the material itself. A good example is like what Roger Ebert used to do before he died, where, where he would uh, play a, a small clip of a two-hour movie and then review it. And, and not review the clip, but review the whole movie. So he'd, he'd be reviewing the movie and play you small clips. Uh, that was transformative because when you're watching Roger Ebert's show, you're, you're not watching it to see the movie because you're only seeing a very small portion of it. And and Robert Roger Ebert's show is not just hey let's play clips of movies. It's this is my review of movies. So that's why that's that's considered uh, criticism. It's not commentary, but it's criticism. That and that it is transformative. That's legal. Uh, so grab. But however, if you were to grab that same clip, let's say Roger Ebert played a five minute clip of a movie, but uh, uh, in, in the process of reviewing it, that would be transformative. But if you were to just grab that same five minute clip of that same movie and just post it on YouTube. That would not be transformative. Is all you're doing is just taking a clip and posting it up there. It's the same thing. It's just a shorter version of that copyrighted work. That would be considered copyright infringement. Now, it would be kind of tough for the studio to take any kind of real legal action against you because it's, uh, they'd have to show damages, and it's, it's so short what you'd be posting. They'd probably just you know, pressure you to take it down or, or force YouTube to take it down. But anyway. Yeah, they, they would just do the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. They would yeah. do a take time of it. Yeah, that's, that's what they would do. But 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 you know, legally, that's that's the difference here. Is that you you have to, what you're doing has to transform the work that you're using to where it becomes substantially different. And you only have to be play, you can only play a small portion of it. You can't you even like for example, I couldn't go play a Dodgers game, and then turn turn off the announcing just you know to play the video and and just be the announcer myself. I couldn't do that because I'm still uh, I'm just replacing what they're doing. I'm I'm replacing what their announcers are doing but I'm still playing the game and if you were watching it you'd be watching it to be watching the game. So it it would be copyright infringement to be doing it. Look, that. it's fucking nuts. You can't even this <clears throat> this ruling started about a decade ago because there was a lawsuit from the NFL. If you go to any 
viewing party for the Super Bowl in Vegas. And there, every casino has one. They're huge. I'm sure you've been, all of you have been invited to one or another. They have to be called the big game or they have to be called the, the final contest or they cannot use the word Super Bowl yeah, in, in their party or in the promoting or in their invitation. That's nuts. Yeah, I, always thought, I, I always thought that was incredibly stupid. That yeah, The NFL is just for some reason so protective of that Super Bowl name. You so, can't say Super Bowl party. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, even big ra- game. Even, I went to the one this year, the Plaza. It's called the Big Game, and all their marketing, their shirts, their hats, everything can't say Super Bowl on it. Well, that's a that's a trademark issue, though. That's yeah, that's, not a right a copyright fair use issue. Right, right. That's that's also of true. Of course, but, right. But but I'm just that's why I said it, it was it, 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 you know somewhat different. But I'm just saying, where does the harm come where you actually just say this is you know come to a Super Bowl party and you put it in writing? No, so I, what, I agree. What, I agree. It's stupid. In any way. I, I agree it's stupid. The NFL has been... How could that, give me even an example, Callaway, how that could in any way damage uh, the NFL. No, it doesn't damage. What, well, the reason they're doing it, and I don't agree with it, but the reason they do it is because... Well, they don't they, control the brand, though. And if people are using the name Super Bowl, having parties that are out of control, I mean, who knows? You know, well, it's not just the, it. Yeah, it's not just that. It's that they also don't want other organizations to, to gain commercially from Super exactly. Bowl parties without compensating them. They're like, we, we have this big exactly. thing that everyone cares about. Well, you're not going to gain from it without uh, compensating oh, us. And by the way, I know you don't have time uh, to talk in detail about it, but after it was appeared... Uh, after what's his name, uh, Adelson pulled out, then Goldman Sachs pulled out. It looked like the Raiders coming to Vegas was in peril. Bank of America now has stepped in and say they would absorb whatever the, the difference was that Adelson slash Goldman Sachs uh, pulled out of. So wow. it, now it's looking like this is going to come to a vote in two weeks in Phoenix when they have the owners meeting. So just so throw it out there. Okay. I know you've covered oh, that before, but Bank of America apparently is – Stepped up with the financing. Well, if we, if we had time tonight, this could have been like a nine-hour show. Okay, so so yeah. uh, going back to this well, we thing, covered it. Going back to the game show network here. So, so this is my feeling on. Then I'll ask you guys what you think. I, I yeah. what Polk was doing was he was playing old high-stakes poker hands and then commenting on them. So you might see at first, wait a minute, that that's commentary. That that's literally commentary because <laughs> he's he's playing the, he's playing the hands and then commenting on them about you know, the play that he sees there and that he's doing this from a strategy standpoint and not and not just from an entertainment standpoint. But I I disagree. I I think that all he's doing is like in my baseball example of just muting the announcer and being the announcer yourself, all he's doing is replacing the commentary because high stakes poker already was a commentary show. It wasn't so much a strategy show, but you'd be watching people play poker and then you'd have the commentators of whom some would comment on the strategy sometimes. So, so all he's doing is replacing the commentary with his own commentary, which means it's pretty much the same show. And this is not transformative in my opinion. And, and it, I think it'd be easily argued that Polk is simply reproducing high-stakes poker, substituting the existing commentary with his own, and, and uh, therefore this is copyright infringement and it's not fair use. That's, I, I believe that they're actually legally in the right. Now, what about morally in the right? I, I, I think that um, they actually are morally in the right, too, because if he were just doing this because he's a fan of poker, and said, hey, you know, here's some high-stakes poker hands, here's my opinion on them. Then I think that was kind of a, a dick thing for them to do to try to make him take it down. But he's doing this to promote a training site that he is running now. 
So he is doing this for commercial purposes. So when someone takes your work, doesn't compensate you. Now, he, he argues that they get compensated because, uh, you know, with the way YouTube works, you can actually select that if, if your copyrighted works are up there, that uh, every time someone plays them, you can get compensated instead of forcing the person to take it down. But they must have decided that they're not getting enough out of that compared to what they feel he's getting out of it by... Uh, using their videos to promote himself. And, they, and, and now, here's the, here's the other twist, and I'll ask you guys for comments. The question is, how did they find out about this? And it has been suspected that someone, someone who is either an enemy of Doug's or just didn't like him doing this, went to the Game Show Network and reported him. And I believe that to be true because I don't think they're going to... This isn't big enough. He's not big enough. He's big in poker, but he's not big enough overall to where they're going to take such an interest. He got a, a letter directly from the the head of their, their legal department about this. So they, they took a, a direct interest in him. And I think someone who was influential, not just some idiot who didn't like Doug Polk's videos and went and, went and reported it. I think someone who had some influence probably went and reported it and uh, and did this to make him take this down. Someone who didn't like Doug Polk very much that had some influence over high-stakes poker or the game show. Or maybe Maury Escondari, who, or Escondari, who is the producer of the show, is also very internet savvy. saw it himself. Yeah, that's possible, too. So, now, what, what do you guys think? Do you think Game Show Network's in the right for what they're doing, or do you think they're being petty? Either way. Well, uh, I'll well, tell you what, Jeff, I know... I'm sorry, did you want to speak, Trader? No, no, go, Calwan. I got an opinion, but go for it. Um, okay, so I've got a decent uh, bit of experience with IT and all this kind of stuff, and one of the, the funniest things to me was I, I did watch that video, and it was pretty funny to see Polk get up there and, and be a lawyer, right? And I'd be like, this is fair use. I know it's fair use. It was hilarious to me. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's quite clear that he is taking this commentary show, this show without any permission, and he's republishing it for commercial gain. And what he needs to be doing is to negotiate and pay licensing fees like everyone else does. And I can tell you that in order to determine whether it is for sure fair use or not, there's one way to do it, and that's you go to court. Yeah. Right? Because, like as you said, the definition is somewhat vague. I mean, your your lawyer is going to be able to give you a pretty good opinion on how strong your case is in terms of whether it's fair use or not. But ultimately, the way it's decided uh, is if, if you actually go to court over it. Now, <clears throat> you mentioned how did they find out about it. I can tell you from personal experience that... There, some of the larger companies or the companies that exist only to make money off of their IT um, do actively have teams of lawyers that are sort of like bounty hunters that are act- actively looking for this stuff. Um, back when I was a, a foolish young kid in, in uh, high school uh, and then the beginning in college, I made uh, was making video games. And I included a really short uh, riff from uh, Jimi Hendrix in the in the game when something happened sure as shit i mean i i got contacted by their lawyers huh. right so wow. i mean and they're they are actively 
looking for this type of stuff. Um, but in any event, you know, the bottom line is, Doug, grow up, negotiate your, your licensing fees with whoever your content partners are going to be, and, and do it the right way. Yeah. Uh, Trader Ruski, what, what were you, you were going to talk about, you were going to say something here? Yeah, just that, you know, when you have trademarks like that, they ha- if, if they don't do anything to, to try to protect it, then they're right. basically saying we don't own it. So they could, right. he could have even gone to them and paid them $1, and they might have been cool with that because then it, he's acknowledging it's their content. If they don't do that and somebody else uses it and then proves that they knew about it and they didn't, have, they didn't enforce it on this guy, then they could lose rights to the content. Yeah, that's a good <clears> point. Whether it's fair use or at all, probably is the same. That's issue. a good point. Brandon, do you have an opinion on this? It's Jack Lamasso's fault. It's pretty evident. <laughs> No, but but no, seriously, you're, you're you're making a good point that if it can be proved, let, let's say that the game show network lets a whole a whole bunch of people use their content, right? And then someone comes along and does it in a absolutely brazen way and makes millions of dollars from it. It does somewhat dilute their claims. It doesn't necessarily eliminate them, but they, it certainly could uh, dilute it. And if you're right that if they let it go far enough. Um, that they'll just relinquish the right to it. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, um, so they can charge one dollar. Wait, wait, hang, hang on. Let, let, let's, Brandon was starting to tell us. What, what's, what's your opinion on this, Brandon? Yeah, I have two opinions. One is from my brain, and one is from my heart. <laughs> my brain is that I agree it's their intellectual property, and uh, yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. But my heart is these people from the Game Show Network and High Stakes Poker are a bunch of fucking idiots. And I've said this, <laughs> talked about this years before and the reason why is this it was the best most viewable watchable form of poker it had the yeah. highest ratings than any show game show network had this isn't me making it up this is actually when game show network you know released the ratings and then there's an article about it it was your most watched show and the whole entire i mean do you want to watch how many people are watching the richard dawson from the family feud at three in the morning on there. I mean, it was literally, it was their most watched by, by almost like, I think I read it was like 75% above any other show. So what do they do? They stop making it. I mean, it just makes no sense. They just stop. They just stop. Now, I mean, I, you know, part of it was, I guess, uh, I can't remember if it was, was it poker stars or full tilt that was kicking out a little money. It was one of, one of those two, but it doesn't matter. I mean, think about the format, even like, Okay, you think about the format, like a reality show or even other game shows. You know, you have to pay out some money. You know, so for this, they're not, they never put in money for buy-ins. Okay, they never, you know, gave the players, I think they got, they got some hourly rate that they had to, like, be a part of, like, you know, I don't know. Right. It, it's kind of like the screen guild, but it's different for TV. But it was something minimal, like, you know, 40 an hour or something. But I know factually, because I, I do know, you know, some people that have played on there before and although deals, you know, were made and people took, you know, percentage of each, of each other because of the variance, you know, in, in all honesty, and listen, it was much more real than uh, poker after dark was and poker after dark. The majority of those shows, people, you know, were chopping and I had heard a lot of stories about just how it wasn't, you know, everyone's money. People are just getting back. But, you know, it's funny to think about that. People were appearing on Poker After Dark that couldn't put up to 10 or 15. I mean, sometimes it was 20,000 at the most to appear on it. 
I know people personally that couldn't, that when they, you know, they got chosen to be on, they'd have to go and, you know, ask people for backing. But anyhow, the most popular show. And, and what did they do? They canceled it. And it just uh, makes no sense. I mean, even now, well, think about that, that, think about that, uh, you know, that void. I mean, if you got, even though I know poker is nowhere near what it was back then, but you get like Doug Polk, and I don't even know, whoever the, the what's the one dude who wins all the tournaments for door holds, you know, you get some of those big names and all these nerds, you know, lo- love and follow and watch and put them on, you know, in that format again with these huge pots and, and these egos, and, and the people are going to watch it. It's going to be huge. I mean, if I had the money, if I had the resources, the know-how, if I knew how to do it, that's what I would do. I would use a similar format. I'd get, you know, a bunch of players with personalities like they'd have on those shows. You know, you remember all the banter, and there is, there is this one scene, I always laugh, where Doyle Brunson uh, and Ted Forrest were in a hand. And, like, I don't remember what it was, but it was a big pot, and Doyle fires on the river. He had air, he had nothing. And and Ted Forrest had some kind of read. Like, he had some kind of sick read, and he called him, like, with bottom pair, you know, or second bottom pair. I mean, it was a sick call. And Doyle mutters to him, I should have known better than to bluff a fucking idiot. And, it, he, and <laughs> if you looked at his demeanor, he wasn't saying that, like, to be funny for the cameras. He was pissed. Like, he was pissed. Right. It was real emotion. Like, he was like, you know, that was Doyle Brunson ain't fucking maybe, maybe, like, his son or you know, some, some other old-timer on there he might swap with. But you could tell that was his money. And that pissed him. It hurt him. It pissed him off. He just threw away right. 100000 You know, and you saw that shit-eating grin on Ted Forrest's face, you know, just that he made the right call. It was a sick call. It was a, and you remember infamously the, the two hands. Uh, and, and for those that don't know what I'm talking about, you know, go ahead and Google it. Barry Greenstein and Daniel Granu took the worst beats throughout the history of that show. They, they'd lost hundreds of thousands and, and the most and I'll hurry up Jeff, I know you gotta go, but the most infamous hand with Negranu was a hand against Gus Hansen that was hundreds oh, yeah. of thousands of dollars. Uh I mean, maybe even a half a million dollars. In which uh Negranu flopped top set uh on the flop, Gus Hansen flopped middle set and the turn paired, but it gave Hansen four of a kind and in the Granu had a full house, obviously. He didn't improve. It was a massive pot. And then there were two hands with Barry Greenstein. One, the last hand of one of the seasons. I think it was season three or four. The last hand. I mean, the announcer literally like, okay, we're about to play the last hand. He runs, He has aces versus Sammy Farha's kings. And Farha can't get away from it, even though he's up for, for the show. And they get it all in. And what happens? Farha flops a king. And takes all of Greenstein's money and you look at his face and you see the emotion. Like these guys are playing either with all their money or a great, you know, a great percentage. Like it means something to them. And then lastly, the Barry Greenstein hand against dirt, which I think at the time was the biggest pot ever when Greenstein had aces and dirt had King queen on like a King high flop with two clubs. And he had the King queen of clubs. And then he, they got it all in. And the, that's a famous hand where, uh, Durr says to Barry, you want to run it once or twice? And then Barry says, no, I'll do it once, but we can pull some money back because there's already like, you know, a quarter million in the pot. And Durr says, well, no, you only want to do it once. You know, I'm not pulling any money back. And it was kind of just like, you know, him standing up. It was, it was kind of an amazing scene 
uh, of, of Dur just putting his foot down. And anyhow, you know, Dur ends up making trip queens and Greenstein's aces don't, you know, don't hold. And that was another massive pop. But anyhow, it was, it was the best poker. So fuck these people. Like, I, I still think with all this intelligence, why doesn't somebody do something like that again with today's players? I mean, I'm not saying, like, well, bring, bring Elia Lesra back and all those guys, but the guys that are that are big, that play in, you know, what is it, the Aria Super Bowl high-stakes games, the ones that are, they put that on, on Twitch or whatever it is that you can watch it, they stream it. Why not do that again? I mean, it, it wasn't so think, a failing product. Yeah. Go ahead. Brandon, I think it's it's funny that a lot, of, and I remember all of those fans. That I agree with you that it was a fantastic show, but I think it's pretty funny that uh, the majority of the people that were involved in those hands are now broke. Yeah, you think of the Ted Forrest. Yeah, that's true. Hey, like we we got to go on though. I only have. Uh, oh, so just real quick to that, if there were if they had advertisers to fund it, they'd be doing it. Right. It's stupid. But I don't understand. Doesn't, doesn't the commercials? But hold on, doesn't yeah, the commercials but if, right, they but sell? The commercials, right, but if the commercials don't want that content... Yeah, they may not want the content for whatever like, reason. But it's a game show network. They had, they had commercials only that did it before. They, they, may not, the they may not want to be associated with gambling, some of them. But that, that's not and why... That, that's this, part of that's, it, and the other part of it is, unfortunately, the, the world is not the world that it was when high-stakes poker was around. I mean, back poker has been around for a long time, but it was a fad for a while. Yeah. And it was a cultural fad. From, right, but I still think there's a market people, for that. Well, we, we, we can debate this another time. I, I, really, I really have to finish these topics before we, I get to shut down right. a few minutes here. Uh, so, okay, uh, the, this is a really weird thing that uh, PokerStars is now promoting. I, I was very surprised to see this today. I even tweeted about it. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I kind of get it, but for the most part, I don't get it. So... Let me uh, get to this here. I, I, basically, what they're doing. Hey, Trump, this, Trump, this could have been the best show ever. He just needed he, he needed a nine hours. <laughs> I know, I know. I blew it. That's uh, it. Always works like that when we have nothing to talk about. That's where we have all the time in the world. And then tonight, uh, there could have been a lot of good topics that we could have gone on for a long time, and I, I don't have the time for it. So, yeah. Yep. So, so uh, Poker Stars is promoting something that they claim is to find the best cash players in the world. So here, here's what they're saying. They, they tweeted today, actually yeah, earlier today, we're on the hunt for the world's best cash game players, introducing all-stars. So what, what are the all-stars? Well, this is what they're saying. This is from the PokerStars blog, written today. Who are the best cash game players in the world? In the coming weeks, PokerStars will be launching an exciting initiative that may finally help us to answer this question. Uh... So, it is not with a lot of professionals studying the game. It's the same trend we see in any sport. If we take football for example, a '70s team would get destroyed by a team of 2070s professionals. The game matures, people get better, they train harder, and they take it to the next level. In poker, most of the winning players from a few years ago may find it tough to play against the current best players. This diagnosis led to a simple idea. What about giving our best players the opportunity to compete in a rake-free environment, with a focus being on the skill difference between the players in order to acknowledge who's the best online uh, cash player? From this idea, we came up with the concept of All-Stars, a cash game competition with the following criteria. One month of competition, two stakes, the no-limit $200 buy-in, which is called the Masters, and the 
No Limit $2,000 buy-in, which is called the Master Baiters. No, it's called the All-Stars. And they're both in No Limit Hold'em. No Rake and $100,000 of leaderboard prizes. Qualification to these tables will be determined by winnings at No Limit Hold'em cash game tables in the previous 12 months. In order to be a master, you have to have won at least $10,000 from the $100 buy-in to $400 buy-in No Limit games. And to be an all-star, to have to get access to those tables, you need to have won at least $25,000 in the past year from at the No Limit tables of a $500 buy-in and up. So basically... If you break this down, if you think about it, what they're really doing is they are creating tables that are rake-free, but that you're only allowed to sit at. You can only take a seat at that table if you're a big winner on the site. (laughs) What a horrible, horrible fucking idea. Yeah, so, so if you're a poker pro, do you salivate when you sit down at a game full of other Big winning pros and no fish? Is, is that like an ideal game for anyone? I, I guess there's a few people who may have an ego, but the ego people tend to want to play like heads up to prove they're king of the hill. I don't know very many players, even really good players, who seek out like six max games where the other five are big winning pros. No, it, they all sit out. Yeah, they sit out or they may play some time to maybe wait for a fish to show up. But they're not going to seek out a game like that. So so they're creating tables where fish and even mediocre players, even okay players, even break-even players are not allowed to sit. They can't join. And and, this, not, just, and not just the fact that you're playing in a horrible game. You're all also advertising to the world that you're a good player and you could kill your action. Right. And, and here's another here's another ridiculous thing. They're competing for a whopping $100,000 of leaderboard prizes. Now, keep in mind, this does not mean you're getting $100,000 if you're the best cash player. This is of prizes, right. meaning I don't know what the top prize is, but I bet it's not very high. Maybe the top prize is, what, $20,000? I, I haven't seen it broken down, but they haven't announced that. But it, it's not going to be anything that's staggering money for people who are already winning a lot of money at poker. If this was a comp- like a million-dollar competition, if you if you were to be proven the best uh, no-limit hold'em cash game player on PokerStars and win... One million dollars. Then it would be worth playing in bad games uh, to, to possibly be the one to accomplish that. But, but $100,000 total between these two levels, the Masters level and the All-Stars level, given out you know, to, to everybody who participates in this... For, for the leaderboard is a joke because you're forcing them to play in lousy games and terrible games with, with people. This is the complete opposite of how poker works. Yes, and, and then people are, are even <laughs> criticizing them that this is like a charity for the winners. That's it's another weird thing is that they are... In, I, I thought Poker Stars was all about trying to be friendly to the recreational player. This is saying... Hey, recreational player, you can't be part of this. We're, we we earmarked $100,000 to give to all the people who are already winning. So that's uh, that's a little bit odd, this too. Is maybe, you know what, Drup? Maybe this is uh, what we call a honeypot. <laughs> so that any any of the players that decide to enter, they're just going to ban them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a winning player? Get the hell out. So that's that's insane. I, I, I can't imagine. So what I tweeted today... Uh, in response to this was great idea. If there's something that every poker pro wants, it's to be at a table with all winning players. It, it really is one of the dumbest things ever. The only, only, only way that this makes any sense 
And again, I think this gets back to what we're, I was mentioning before regarding uh, high stakes poker is if that there was some kind of, you know, big promotional upside to be able to win this. Like you could get endorsements and, you know, fans and all well, that. Well, you know what? Stuff. But that, I'll, ship, that I'll, ship has sailed. You know? I'll play that devil's advocate sailed. and I can, I can tell you what their logic is. And, you know, the thing is, we as consumers, or I guess for us guys here on the, on the fraud show, past consumers, you know, we see it, you know, we want things that just benefit us. And, you know, we'll, we'll look at things that we think are outrageous, but sometimes fail to look or analyze things and maybe, you know, determine why they, they're doing this. And I, I don't know. I don't have any insight into this. In fact, this is the first, tonight is the first I've heard of it. But I can almost assure you they've done some research. And, you know, of course, what they're trying to do is cut down predatory behavior. I mean, they've been doing that now for, what, two years, doing all these different additions or subtractions to, to cut down on, on that. But I'm sure they've done some sort of research that's determining that people are depositing and they're getting killed by the winning players and they're stopped and they're not depositing anymore. And, and that, that flow of in, that flow is not coming in. So that's, I mean, that, and again, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, a business major, marketing major, whatever, to determine this. that's why they're doing this. And I'm sure there's some study they've, they've well, done. Well, I, I that's would buy that, shown. but that it only lasts a month. If it was something I'm they're doing constantly, I, I would buy that, except that it, it's only lasting a month. So if it was something they were doing on yeah. an ongoing basis, okay. But it only lasts a month, so yeah. it's not going to be affecting anything. Well, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it takes off. Maybe this is like their way of saying that it's like a trial basis, and then de- depending on, you know, who knows. But I'm sure there's some reason. I mean, this is a I think I have an idea here, but I, I don't think it's going to work. And it's partially because of the time they're doing it in 2017, it's not quite the same. In, Right. Like like back when I was on Absolute Poker before I realized that they were cheating me, uh, I, I actually had fans on there because they saw me in 4080 Limit. They saw me winning. They saw right. I was, I, my brash behavior. I had fans, people who would spend the whole day watching me play because they, they enjoyed watching me play. They enjoyed watching me win there. And the, and they – so I think they're seeing it like this, that they there's these certain cash players that win a lot, and they think that there's going to be fans of poker – that are going to want to watch these games of all these guys they always see crushing, playing each other, like, oh, put all these guys together. Well, one of them has to win. One of them has to lose. Let's right. see. So I think that's what they're trying to do there. But I don't know, number one, if, if there's going to be a lot of participation in this because these guys, these pros are going to know that they're sitting down to bad games. And and number two, yep. uh, there's not well, a big upside. Are you saying that people are doing this for Railbirds? I think they're doing this. Yeah, this is kind of like a promotion, yeah, just to, to have people watch Listen, it. Listen, I got I got I got five computers here, and not one of them has PokerStars software even installed on it. What's no, the point? Me, not me I mean, either. At those days, I mean, I, you know, obviously, I believe you. You know, if you're saying that people were railing a 4080 game, I mean, I, I think those people do need therapy, or they need to maybe <laughs> buy a puppy or a kitten or something, because that's kind of nuts. No offense, you know, I'm not insulting you. But no, I thought I thought it was time, too, but I, I was happy to have fans. You know, I thought it, I think were crazy I mean, too. But it's no. not that's not normal behavior. I mean, not even close. But there were a the lot of them. The only time I've ever railed, you know, the only thing I've ever railed, uh, you know, for more than like a couple minutes, or if I'm like, you know, actually just checking out a game to see if I think it's a good game, is when the historic Isildur matches were going on because that was just right. even now those are the highest stakes that have ever been played online in the history of 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 online poker and they, they were occurring yep. four or five games at once. And then I don't know if you guys remember this, but 
back, <laughs> this is just the sickest thing, back uh, in this, that exact era, you know, we'll say like that two-year era, they used to, uh, at the end of the night or whenever like sessions were coming to a close, guys like Zygmunt and even, oh my God, Clay Aiken, but especially Zig, Zygmunt, they would do PLO flips for twenty, thirty thousand dollars a flip. Uh, did you guys ever watch any of this where no, they would just no. sit and yep, they would, they, you know, and, and for those that aren't that don't know, you know, what a flip is is, and you know, this is something kind of based on honor, of course. But these guys played with each other every day, so no one would ever break that code. As you agree, and this was only, I guess, it probably happened in No Limit, but No Limit, but it was very, very common in. Pot Limit Omaha, and it was a cap pot limit Omaha at 20,000. So the flips were 20,000 each. So both players would agree beforehand that they would, you know, no matter what four cards they got, that they would pot, 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 and pot one more time. And since it was capped, that means only $20,000, you know, either way, minus the LOL, you know, I think it was like a $2 rake or $3 rake, um, can, you know, can, can be taken out, you know, or they can lose. And they would do this. I mean, I'd see people lose or win a fucking house in, in about three minutes flipping. It was just the sickest thing. Yeah, it was. Like it would be it just <laughs> the sickest thing. You're, you're flipping $20,000 every, you know, yeah, but there's no skill. You know, it's you, like you do this there's no skill. It's just, it's huh? totally luck. No skill. No, no, no. Right. Right. It's it just, it's exactly, but that's just, you know, the idea and why. So something like that, of course, it's human nature, you know, even me, you know, being a gambler and, and, and playing some pretty high stakes in my life, I'm going to watch that because that's something that I even I can't fathom that. I mean, I could never fathom, you know, flipping for $20,000. So, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 anyhow, so getting back to what you were saying, I'm sure there's some something, you know, some marketing or some study or something that we don't know about that's causing this. I mean, it can't just, you know, it, it just, it doesn't make sense otherwise. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is something well, I, I that they're going to... I think I could see them. Could you see them in the future making implementing something like this currently based on what kind of player you are? You can only sit with certain players. It is, they, certain this has been tried, it's been tried before in party poker and was rejected by everybody. So... Well, anyway, anyway yeah, look, but, we're, we're, we're out of time tonight. You, you, I mean, you, you brought up some uh, good perspectives on the other side and... Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing and the one how... guy from the islands, he's going to be doing a, a fraud show? Is that, is that true? The, the one guy from the islands who we used to do a show with claims that he may be, quote, returning to the podcast world soon. But he hasn't said what. And that was, could be two years. Soon, but, but, soon but, can be two years for him. But it was, and it, I, heard, I heard it's going to be the Lyman and Micon show. <laughs> but he was oh actually... He, he, <laughs> I may actually have to listen to that if that was on. But... but the, the I think it would be about Bitcoin and maybe drones because that's he was he brought this up in response to someone in a Bitcoin discussion. So it, I don't think it would be about poker anyway. So whatever it if, wasn't you know. about poker even his last couple of years. No, it wasn't. That's why I don't think poker would be part of it. So anyway, uh, no. we we had a lot more to talk about. Well, we only had one more official topic about uh, Bezos sell, selling his shares, but uh, maybe we'll talk more about that next week. But Bezos doesn't own Poker Stars anymore, and I don't own this show anymore tonight because it's about to be done. So thank you, Brandon, for the surprise appearance. Thank you, Calwatt, for appearing even during a power failure with a with a tree through your house and uh, you know appearing on your cell phone. Trader Ruski, thank you as always for popping hey, in here. Hey, did the bookie did the bookie ever pay you? I, I got nothing. Nothing. So you're going to blow them up soon? Yep. 
So you should. <laughs> I should. We will be back in six days on March 15, 2017. It's one of the few shows that we actually didn't go through midnight. It's 11.35 p.m. Pacific. I, it feels weird to end this early, but yeah, it was either this or no show this week, so I chose this. And It's funny how short three-plus hours seems these days. It just went by. I felt like I was rushed the whole way. It's weird. It's like, it seems like it's a lot of time, three hours. Seems like you can say a lot in three hours, but I feel like a, we like barely got to see anything because it's like half the length of a normal show we've had recently. And uh, anyway, Brandon, of course you're welcome to come on any time that uh, you feel like coming on. And uh, of course that goes for all the co-hosts. And I enjoy having all of you here. So six days from now, Wednesday, and we'll probably cover the base off topic next week, the one that we couldn't do this week, but. Just know Bezov has uh, sold everything he owns of Amaya. We'll talk about why next week and whatever else comes up. So, I'll be back at my usual location, the secret location I am leaving in the morning. And that's part of the reason why I have to end this show right now. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, all the live listeners. And if you're a new listener from Facebook... I hope you're going to stick around in the future because one day I'd like to grow this audience, even slowly. That molester topic wasn't good for the first-time listeners. Though. I've gotten a little feedback on the, okay. on the Real Grinder page. Okay. So we don't talk about the molestation that often, though. You should put that out. Of I'll put that on there. there. Thank you, Brandon. Good night. Yeah. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs>